So we got it going. Okay. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, from here. Let me go ahead and uh, go ahead and uh, find you so I can watch the the comment stream. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I don't know if you I don't know if you modded me or not. Uh, uh, I don't know how to do that. So. Okay. 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 Right by my name. Hey, Marvin, what's going on? Uh, right by my name, there should be uh, three three dots. You hit three oh, okay. dots and said add moderator. Well, this is says uh, kick from studio, banned from. Studio. Oh no 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 no. Okay, you got to go to your YouTube page. Oh okay. So I gotta. How many monitors do you have? Just one. I'm I'm just getting on my YouTube. Do I go to the studio? Oh no no no. Just go to your uh, um, go to your your channel. So you, uh, and it channel. should be. Okay. There goes hey, what's, Herbert. What's up, Herbert? Hey, Herbert. Uh, what's up? I'm Marvin. What's up, Marvin? Hey, New Jersey Prophet. What's happening? Oh, he come. New Jersey Prophet already coming in with the with the analysis, huh? Uh, I don't. I don't know if it's the biggest letdown. Um, I mean, if you if you saw the signs, it could have pointed to it. Because even when I was because uh, the, the, the people on my um on my uh, uh, Patreon, I did the uh, the bl- the joke that uh, that uh, uh, the agent did. Um, I think her name Lori uh, did uh, when she got introduced in episode three. She was telling that joke about the uh, the three watchmen that died and went to heaven, right? Or, or Went to the pearly gates and got judged, and all got sent to hell. Now, real, real quick, BGS, I'm, I'm, I'm on there on YouTube. How do I mod you? Okay, uh, right by my name. Though, when you highlight my name, it'll be three dots in three dots. Oh, okay, I see and, you. And see the three dots. There we go. All right. And then it says add moderator. Okay, it should have been. It should be there. Okay. Let me type myself in, and we said, "What's up, uh, Excalibur?" Jetland Capital. Yeah, I'm high. Uh, yeah. Um, Reaper of the Shines. All right. Oh, Reaper of the Shines. Hey, Reaper. What's going on? Yeah. I, Everybody, everybody's falling in. We got 32 people watching, so it's a good start. Yeah, real good. I told you, man. People miss you, man. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna let you forget that, brother. You, you know, whatever you got to do, you are gonna know you love. So. And, and back in the studio. Uh, click on live comments. Okay, where are we at here? Back, um, go back to your studio. I'm in the studio. Uh, okay, live comments. live comments. You see private chat and live comments right next to it. Oh, crap. Um, I don't see it at, at the top. It says, pri- okay, at the top where it says, where the uh, it says private chat and live comments. It should be it. It private. Oh, private chat. Okay, so private chat right next to it. She said live comments. No, I see. I see comments, but it doesn't say live comments. Okay, it, just, it says private chat on the menu to the right. Okay, it should say comments. Okay, no, I'm seeing comments though. Oh, you're seeing comments. So, so if you're seeing comments, say, say if you want to highlight one. Say if you want to uh, just highlight one, and it should show up on the screen. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. if you want you want to remove it, you just click it again. It'll remove itself. Okay. Well, I'm gonna leave that up there for a minute because. Uh, you know, I didn't choose that arbitrarily. So good looking out, Reaper the Shines. <laughs> Reaper the Shines. Okay. <laughs> you know. It, so, it, so, so that so if you want to, if you want people to see somebody's comment, say you're going to respond to it, you click on it and you can respond to it so people can see it on the screen. It also goes in the recording too. 
Okay. So if I, you're saying when I want to respond to one person, I can do what? You can say if you want to respond to a particular comment and you want it highlighted, you just click on it so it shows up on the screen. Oh, okay. All That's right. It's just, just a tip. Okay. All right. BK Hammer, what's good? Rashid. Hey, BK Hammer. What's going on, folks? What's up, Rashid? Okay. Yeah. Hey, Luther. What's going on? Black to death. Hey, bit of truth. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you, you, hey, bit of bit of truth. You want in on this? Because he just did a review of uh, Rise of Skywalker. He hated. Okay. It. <laughs> 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 you guys, you guys saw it. I, you know, I saw maybe a, uh, I may saw a link, maybe half of it. Unreasonable man, BJ Onyx. What's good? Hey, BJ Onyx. BJ, what's going on? Unreasonable man. All right, like the video, folks, as you come in. Yeah, please do, and and please subscribe if you can. Um, come back in. Anything, anything you want to tell people about your channel before we get started? Uh, well, normally right now I just do um, the first and third Wednesdays, um, which isn't live, but I am shifting soon to the alternate second and fourth Wednesdays where I'll do a live piece. So. Um, you know, this is the beginning point for me. I'm just getting going and, you know, I, I can appreciate as much support uh, as I can get. So, Mr. Meech. Meechie, Meechie. <laughs> he hates that. What I call it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Reaper says, I saw the spoilers and was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very right. But okay. Okay. Bitter Truth, I'll, uh, I'll email you. you must, okay. You send him that? Yeah, I'll send him the link. Thank you. All right. He's uh he used to run the books. Him and his father used to run the uh the uh the bookstore in Atlanta way oh. back when. So okay. So he's uh he's old school uh conscious community. Oh, there we go. Okay. Scott Peterson, um he's shouting you out, BGS. I want you to read that. Okay. I, oh, I appreciate it, Scott. Yeah, see, I ain't see folks, I ain't letting BGS you know slip out of here without knowing he's gonna get this. If he if if he got to be introduced to the negative, we got to make sure he gets the positive. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, we're still waiting uh, for uh, Artisan. I think he's he's we, he's, he's out in traffic. We can get started, yeah, and he can, we can start he, he can fall in when he uh, when he gets here. Okay. And bitter bitter truth can stand in if he wants to. We're gonna need a third party. Cool. Uh, well, we were gonna talk about two pieces tonight, uh, and we're only. We're going to do a few hours, gentlemen, um, but I, I told BGS there's only one BGS, so that ain't I don't know anybody else that could do 8 to 11 hour hangouts, but I'm not the one. I'm not on that level. So <laughs> you, have a, you have a life to manage. Huh? <laughs> no, I, I ain't said that. I'm just saying I could, do, I could do three hours, but, you know, my boy is the only one I know that could do eight. So, um, but no, we were going to do uh, Watchmen as well. And, you know, we can kind of, you know, let it flow mm -hmm. however it needs to. But I'm not sure how much of both you've seen or what you haven't. OK, we, uh, we don't want to give away too many spoilers since it's the first weekend. Mm. Um, so what is your feeling? You know, you don't have to give away spoilers. But what's your feeling, the overall feeling of, uh, of Star Wars? Uh, you know, it, it I saw it uh, Thursday night, you know, mm. about five o'clock one, I think it was no seven. And I was, um, I was trying to fight back the skepticism before I even walked in the theater. As a matter of fact, I had promised myself I wasn't even going to go watch it. Hold okay. On, let, me get, let me get better truth in here. There you go. What's up, man? Bitter truth. 
Yeah, I'm aware. All right. What's up? What's up? <laughs> Man, that movie was such a comedy. <laughs> you know what? It was the breaking point for me where I was. Not, like, not, too, many, not, not too many spoilers, okay? Because people I'm have. Not, but okay. my breaking point uh -huh. for me, because you know, I, I do things with my niece because she's like my daughter. She's asleep. We're at uh, the, the, the Last Jedi. Uh huh. She's asleep right next to me. I'm waking her up. Hey, you missing it. You missing it. She's going back to sleep. <laughs> and I get it because the movie was, I'm sitting there like, what the fuck are they doing? So when the whole flying land thing happened, I was like, done. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh, that one. Yeah. I remember oh, that one. Yeah. That's Mary. That's Mary. That was Mary Poppins. Like yeah. I just got there like this. I just. <laughs> yeah, you talking yeah. about? You talking about uh, uh, episode eight? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So, and okay, like, cause you know, after that, I was like, I'm done paying for uh, Star Wars. Okay. <laughs> right. So, you know, I, I, I watched The Mandalorian, which is good on the R Mating Network. Excellent. And I watched the, uh, the this Rise of Skywalker saying network, and I'm sitting there, and I am laughing my ass off at this movie mm. because it dawned on me that Disney must see these things as comedies. Mm. All right, because Ryan Johnson said a couple years ago. When he put his movie out, because they asked him, well, why did you do General Hux like that? He was like, well, I always thought he was funny. And I'm like, it dawned on me. I was like, wait a minute. The reason why The Last Jedi was such a piece of crap was because Ryan Johnson wasn't taking Star Wars seriously. Yeah. I mean, what, what is the main thing that they say to people who criticize The Last Jedi? You know, as far as uh, outside of calling us racist, misogynistic, Russian bots. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. they say, oh, well, it's it's a kid's movie about uh, wizards in space with laser swords. And that is exactly how Ryan Johnson saw the movie. Mm -hmm. it as goofy kid stuff. So that's the way it was shot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, of course, this latest monstrosity mm. was shot pretty much the same way. It was shot the same way. So it's like, I can't be mad, but you did confirm that you guys did not know what the heck you were doing. You didn't study the source material. Okay. You you didn't uh, embody uh, Lucas's vision, George Lucas's vision. Hmm. He, I mean, he's so fed up. He didn't even, number one, they didn't invite him to the premiere because he didn't want to go to the premiere. <laughs> <laughs> He tried to make it look like he did, he wasn't invited, though, right? Right, but it was like after he saw the first one, he was like, "All y'all did was just a soft reboot of you know a new hope." Mm -hmm. It was like, "Well, you know, we had to hurry up and rush it out." Like, no, you didn't. I gave you story treatments, mm -hmm. right? But they're, but they're flipping that, so they're yeah. saying he never wrote scripts, which is that's, technically true, but that's not relevant. Kathleen Kennedy is nothing but a two faced liar. Mm -hmm. Uh. And then when, of course, the uh, the Last Jedi came out, he pulled the Peter Griffin done. So mm -hmm. I'm done with it. And mm -hmm. then to add insult to injury, they went to him for this last movie because do understand they were still shooting in November. Mm -hmm. 
They mm-hmm. didn't finish wrapping up shooting till till mid November because they were doing the test screenings and people were walking out. They were getting mad. Mm. They didn't stomach it. They was like, because Chewie, Lando, C three PO, and R two D two were all supposed to die on the Falcon. The Falcon mm. was supposed to get blown up. Mm. Okay, so. People saw that. They said people got up to leave. They said the 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 Disney people were trying to stop people from leaving. Tomorrow, about some you won't get your Amazon gift card. And they like you keep your gift card. <laughs> wow. you know, killing off the fav- most favorite people of this whole series. Though this is if you started the series without the the legacy characters, well, we wouldn't buy tickets. Mm-hmm. So at any rate, if you saw the movie, I'm not gonna give out any spoilers. But that part where they was like, no, oh, no, and everybody, you know, but yeah. two minutes later, you know, oh, really? Yeah. Then yeah. what was the point? Because that was supposed to stay there. Okay. That was supposed to yeah. truly yeah. happen. Right. Right. But right. I, I saw that meanwhile back at the ranch, yeah. Yes. <laughs> People, they didn't like it. The test audience didn't like it, so they threw it in. And if you know this, if you actually watch the movie, you know this. It's, it seems like a series of cuts mm, that yeah. really don't... Yeah, a lot of quick cutting, a lot yeah. of... Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, like whole scenes are missing. It, it didn't make sense. Yeah, there's no exactly. continuity. There was no continuity. I noticed that. Exactly. So... I can, I, see, I can tell you, the reason I even wanted to do this, and BGS wow. was, was kind enough to support it, is we got to look at the symbolism of these films, from Watchmen to Star Wars to everything else. Mm-hmm. So even if you're even if you're not you know into into Star Wars per se, you're still going to pick up key ideas, and those are the things that concern me. The ideas that that our kids get that, that we get transmitted in these shows are highly problematic. And you know, so throughout the course of the night, I want us to delve into some of that because some of the imagery. It, it, I mean. And I understand what you said, BGS. We don't want to give away too many spoilers. Mm. So some of my points we can connect to Last Jedi to, you know, um, I don't know what my camera's doing here. Um, we can connect it to the first one in the new trilogy because they're consistent issues for me. Mm. You know, you know, my biggest problem is, you know, I'm 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 always going to start with black men, so I, I got to go to Finn, I got to go to Lando, and this was the first series that I've ever seen where. You know, uh, I ain't seen this many brothers neutered in this way in so long. It's ridiculous. Mm. I'm still waiting. I'm st- I'm still trying to figure out figure out what they were doing with Finn. The man technically has so many love interests and never confirmed anything. I was like, they they really don't know how to deal with black male sexuality. That's one thing. But uh, but please, you know, BGS. I, what, I, 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 yeah, because they keep you know. Cause I remember after Last Jedi, did he fall out of love with Ray and fall in love with the Asian girl, or what was their relationship, or did it continue? There's like there's no continuity to this film at all. He's it's still, like, it's like they still like like they they like she doesn't love him anymore. Like okay, they're just friends. It's like mm-hmm. where's all this continuity? Why do I develop this relationship with these with these two people in one film, and then the next film it doesn't exist? It doesn't make sense. Let me answer that. Go ahead. Let's do it. As you know, as they play uh, Finn, because oh, for those who don't know, Finn's name, it's an offshoot of Huckleberry's friend, Negro Jim. I'm not going to say the N word, but you know yeah. what I'm talking about. You're familiar with Huckleberry Finn. Yeah. That's who he is. He's Negro Jim. OK, because what was his job as, as a stormtrooper? What was his job? Do you remember? He was a janitor. 
This is a janitor. Oh, you're the black janitor. And they played him like this white vagina chasing coon. All right? Mm -hmm. And a a coward. Mm -hmm. And a coward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially in the first movie. Yeah. All you saw in the trailer was him terrified. Exactly. Sweat mm-hmm. the sweaty scared negro with the mm-hmm. eyes bucking and chasing the white woman. You got a boyfriend? Mm-hmm. You got a boyfriend? Mm-hmm. And then in the second movie, in the second movie, the the last Jedi, they put him away from her. He was still, you know, coochie chasing. Remember, he came up out of the, the thing with the water spraying all over it over the place. And yeah. the first thing he the first question he asked, Where's Ray? Now, you keep in mind how white feminists see black men. This is how they see black men as uh, cowardly, okay, uh, 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 buffoons, and Mm -hmm. a steady chaser of white vagina, even though she's not even showing you any type of remote interest, okay? Mm -hmm. But yet, Mm -hmm. you're, you're so obtuse, you're so hungry for them that you just chase and chase and chase. And the thing about it is this last movie, they doubled down on what they said in the first movie. Mm. They took the black woman to pull his coat. I hope mm. I'm not giving out any spoilers. But it took the black woman to pull his coat, literally snatch him by the back of his neck and say, bruh, chill out. She got this. <laughs> and after that, he didn't chase her no more. Mm-hmm. If you pay attention, after that black woman pulled his coat, he didn't chase her no more. That's the subliminal imagery, the subliminal message that they were putting out. Mm. Okay, but because pretty much what they were saying, because the black woman, she, not to give anything away, but if you know her backstory too, mm. what you're talking about is, hey, y'all, you know, stick with your own kind, Negro. right? But you notice, you notice he didn't even really give any confirmation of interest in her. So, you know, from the from the first film to now, because remember when the first one came out, um, one of the things they were suggesting was that that he might be he and Poe might be gay. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Saying that I get it. But yeah, that but that's like, part. Of, but it, it, but this is what it goes to. This reason I bring that up is I think that with this entire series, they really were trying to cater uh, to a certain population. You know, the LGBT population, in the mm-hmm. sense that um, they left everything open. Yeah. There was no confirmation of anyone's sexuality from from Finn to Poe. Everything was a question mark, just so that you know they didn't really you know exp- kind of push anyone away. So if you look at that. In this movie, including Poe, Finn had three women and Poe all as uh, love interests that everybody was wondering about, but there mm-hmm. was no confirmation right. on anything. And I think that's a that's that's an interesting kind of message right there because this is the first series where you don't really have a love story of any sort throughout the entire trilogy. Eh. It sucks, yeah, in, in, in a sense, yeah. One really valid small thing. Between Kylo and Ray in the second movie, because mm-hmm. she was on because you know she was getting hot and bothered and uncomfortable, and she never well, well, because because he's the bad boy. Exactly, he's the bad boy, and 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 basically Finn is the beta male orbiter. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And he's also the only leading uh, white man in the cast, really, because um, in in terms of the the optics of it. 
Mm. He's the only one that was kind of worthy of her time because as much as Finn chased her around, you know, he really wasn't, he wasn't an actualized grown man in many ways. He was a child. And I kind of questioned to what extent that changed. And I didn't really see a lot. Well, you know, uh, you know, the, normally that that part is played uh, uh, by the woman towards the the hero of the of the story. In other words, they're the uh, girl Friday, that uh, that uh, sexually interested in the hero, but he doesn't have time for other than seeing her as a sidekick or a friend. So basically, he's the boy Friday. Oh, that's true. He's the boy Friday. Because in other words, they flip the roles. In other words. Uh, that the roles that women normally play, because we saw the same thing in Watchmen, the, mm. the roles that, that women normally play, the men were playing. This is the gender fluidity shit. Looks like we got Artisan in. What, what up, brothers? What up, Mixmaster? How you guys doing? Good, right. man. How you been? You still on the road or are you at home? I'm still on the road. I got about five minutes before I get there. I had to make a stop off real quick. Okay. I'm well, glad okay. you could make it in, brother. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. I appreciate that. Yeah. We, we were just kind of getting started on, on Star Wars, man. Any thoughts? Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I'm seeing it tomorrow, but I heard what Bay was saying about the um, multiple love interests, but nothing confirmed. And it's just, it's going over some uh, woman at work told me she was shaking her head about it. Like, <laughs> did you see Star Wars? And I said, no, I'm seeing it tomorrow. She said, Okay. Man, you're gonna feel some kind of way. I'm not gonna take credit for that. That's that's him. He said well, that. I, I, and, and BGS was breaking down the really the ambiguity, the sexual ambiguity of it all. Right. Yeah. But, but by the time we see the, the lesbian kiss, and I'll just leave it at that, you know that that's something that they're, they're trying to cater cater to. Um we got the lesbian kiss in there. I thought that was coming from the first one when um Finn had grabbed her hand and she's like, What are you doing? I'm like, Are you kidding me? Yeah, I, I thought that I thought that too. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, right. But that's part of that's part of the point though. Yeah. Ray was, you know, as far as um, you know, the lesbian community, Ray was huge in terms of her impact, not because she did anything, but because she didn't do anything. Yeah. Right. So there was they left a lot of ambiguity about whether or not, you know, she was straight, gay, whatever. And I think they were trying to tap into that ambiguity. To, to, to get a new market, a new audience that the original trilogy in the 70s and they didn't really have to think about. Yeah, because because Ray is basically uh, um, Ray is basically a man. OK, mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a in a female role, basically. So what are I said he was still be kind of a garbage character. Mm. Right. Still, there, there would still be nothing there. There would be no reason to say why, if it was a male character, why he can do what he can do. It still would be unexplained. So he'd still be, instead of him being a Mary Sue, he'd be a, a Mary Todd or uh, what they call know, a, Gar- a Gary Sue or whatever. Gary Sue yeah. is that yeah. what Prison Cure yeah. called? Yeah. Well, you know what? That's that's what I was about to say. It came out that uh, what is his name? Uh, Jar Abram. He said. That Kathleen Kennedy, when they all sat down to formulate this, this plan for this for this movie, mm. that that was that was Kathleen Kennedy's plan. She wanted Ray to be OP, OP as hell, to mm. show these women that you know you can be this strong and independent, okay. and don't need no man, okay. all that stuff. But the problem is. Is that it doesn't make for a good character. 
It mm-hmm. doesn't make for a good character. And if they, they want to, yeah. if they, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to op a, a female character, make her a villain. Because mm-hmm. that's that's the only people who can really be op. Right. Is like uh, me and my buddy at the shop. We have a theory that the closer you go to being a villain, the more you can just go outlandish right. with your abilities and powers. But the closer yeah. you are to being, you know, a good uh, stereotypical good guy, the more limited your power base becomes. Yeah. Because you can't do what a villain would do, which is I'll, I'll drop a building on you. Well, yeah. you're good. You're not going to drop a building on anybody. You're going to try to save everybody from the building or prop the building up some kind of way. You know, you, you get limited in that way. But I think, I think, and I think Kathleen Kennedy oh. kind of leads that in in the sense that there are new rules mm-hmm. for Star Wars that I think are pretty consistent across media today. Mm-hmm. And it, but as it applies to Star Wars, one oh. of those new rules is that um, uh, women don't lose lightsaber battles. They don't lose battles, period. No. Um, (laughs) So across the three movies, how many times have you really seen Rey in trouble in terms of a lightsaber? I mean, she beat Luke. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, she she beat Luke and Kylo Ren, who was a a, uh, dark Sith, a Sith master. Exactly. That can stop lighting, you know. Uh, uh, exactly. Uh, start, bo- start, stop bolts in the mm-hmm. midair and leave them hanging, and you just pick up a lightsaber like, like uh, in two seconds, and you can beat a, a Sith master. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. why there were so many fan theories about that she was supposed to be like a clone of Palpatine or Anakin or something like that. That she could even uh, go toe to toe with somebody who has not only been trained by, you know the last Jedi living, the Grand Master of the Order, mm. but also trained by the dark side, Snoke, there's a stand-up with a lightsaber and not, you know, end up losing a limb. Luke lost one fighting his daddy, yeah. and he was holding back. Yeah. <laughs> so, and see, you're, and see, you're hitting on my main point. Yeah. You know, <laughs> well, that was the thing. If you look at the other two series, other two trilogies, when men lost, it was demonstrable. Like, you knew he lost that battle. Mm-hmm. Right. Whether it was Anakin losing his arm or and his legs or Luke losing his hand in Empire, you it was demonstrable. In this one, I mean, a boy of mine, we debated for an hour about whether or not Ray ever lost any match. It, we, I mean, you know, and I, again, I don't want to give away too much. Um, but even in the movie, even with this new one, she mm-hmm. didn't. I mean, I put it like this she was down, but in the end, who won the fight? You see yeah. that? You yeah. see that? That's what I mean. And, and then who won the fight? Exactly. Who won the fight? So what is the challenge of a hero that never loses? There is none. And you I'm know what? This is, I, I want to speak on this. That's why I was sitting up here ooh and on a few minutes ago. This is more than just a movie. Okay. Mm, this yep. is really a fight. This is a this this series, Star Wars became the battleground for the culture war. It mm, starts yes. with it yeah. started with that go that 2015 Ghostbusters, mm. <laughs> and it's been a fight. It's been an uphill fight for the extreme leftists ever since. Okay, mm-hmm. and Star Wars, of course, that was the, that's the biggest. That was the biggest franchise in the world. Star mm-hmm. Wars is the biggest franchise in the world. Mm-hmm. If you can win the culture war by winning with Star Wars. Then what you can say is, guess what? It works. You guys were wrong. 
quote unquote death to patriarchy. Yeah. Right. Right. With the first movie, everybody was excited. Even I walked out of the theater like, oh man, like that was a good movie. I was like, but how did she learn how to do all that stuff? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. I went, I took my father and my stepmother. And my father is the one who got me into Star Wars. And he gets excited over Star Wars. Mm -hmm. We all walked out of the theater, me, him, and my stepmother quiet. Mm -hmm. We didn't say a word. We got in the car and we were leaving the parking lot. And she was like, well, that ain't nothing but a big dog. Of course, she's talking about Chewbacca. But that was all he had to say about it. And then I realized that that movie was garbage upon second viewing. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. She know how to do everything. Exactly. So then, exactly. of course, people, it made it made over a billion some dollars, $200 billion. And so, I think that was nostalgia. Yeah. People missed it. You know? So then people realized, wait a minute, this is an assault on our culture. Mm-hmm. So then came the second movie. And of course, mm-hmm. it made money on the opening weekend. What did it make? $200 billion again? Uh, $2 billion again or something like that? Man, something it, it, like that. So yeah. the second weekend, as I say, you can tell how good the movie is, not by opening weekend, but the second weekend. The second mm-hmm. weekend, it took a humongous loss. It mm-hmm. dropped. Mm-hmm. And, then, and that's when people started saying, you know, screw Star Wars, then started boycotting Star Wars. And mm-hmm. then they put out Solo. Solo crashed and burned. Yeah. It lost money. I think it only mm-hmm. made $140 million mm-hmm. on a that it was up against nothing. Yeah. And it was a bad movie, by the way. I saw like 20 minutes of it and I had to cut it off I, 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 on the Pirate Network and I was done. Man, I fell asleep in it like three, four times. There you um, go. It was it's that bad. So now Rise of Skywalker. Mm -hmm. Rise of Skywalker made forty million dollars on opening night. Now I'm reading this from the Hollywood Reporter, Mm -hmm. and they say Rise of Skywalker is tracking for one hundred and seventy to two hundred million dollar opening weekend, according to industry experts. With Disney predicting 160 million plus uh, uh, uh 160 plus bow. Now, bullshit. <laughs> you don't get it. You don't get it. Some kind of for a Star Wars movie is a humongous flop. Well, last I checked earlier today, they were saying we'll see what happens with this one over the weekend. But right now, I think it's number five in terms of top grossing films. But it's behind Last Jedi for right mm-hmm. now. And it that's going to be real interesting. What I was hearing last week. I'm sorry, Beth. What I, what I was hearing last was them going, going in on how their plan for the next series of movies and the next trilogy after this and everybody they're bringing on board to do it and all the rest of that. And they kept seeding in there. Well, we have to see what rise of Skywalker does. Right. We have to see what rise of Skywalker does. I say, you know, it's flopping, right? (laughs) Why are you trying to prime the audience to get them to sympathetically go out so they can see something else? Yeah. We're going to be in with all these other people. Like, I don't care. Artisan, you, you did. Why they said that? Why it depends on what Rise of Skywalker does. Because you understand that Kathleen Kennedy is out. 
Oh, yeah, I know she was gone when I heard Kevin Foggy was coming in. Exactly. She, her, contract, her contract is up. I think Kevin Feige is going to turn it over to Dave Filoni, who is George Lucas's right hand man. That's who he really should have turned it over to. But Dave Filoni yeah, was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I heard Dave Filoni and Favreau is going to be really involved in the next series of trilogies exactly. because they instruct. And Favreau really story. needs to be. Mm-hmm. Favreau really needs to be. His contributions right. to the Mandalorian are definitely like because really. When, when it comes to these gender race wars in representation, especially the gender ones, what we're seeing is two different camps. You got mm-hmm. the original Ripley alien camp, and then mm-hmm. you got what we saw in the very first trilogy part of this new trilogy with Ray. Mm-hmm. She's either a Mary Sue or she's actually gonna be a hero that has to earn her stripes. And and the last, you know, really these three movies has been very much a Mary Sue dynamic that's really trying to cater to women as the new, you know, market economy. Mm. But the sacrifice to masculinity is becoming a problem in too many areas of life. You know, it's becoming an issue. Mm-hmm. And you can't like I had somebody come in on Twitter and I think BGS, you may have seen it. Uh, and he was like, you know, why are we talking about this? You know, and I, 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 I'm I, like, look, these movies have worldwide <laughs> impact. Yeah. They shape how people, especially boys, girls, they yep. shape how we socialize into the world. You can't yeah. discount media. It, Ideas it, about race, gender, all of that are right there. And then I heard uh, I heard one uh, a brother that was a master teacher, man. He said that uh, if a woman accepts something, a woman if, once something goes into a woman's uh, subconscious, she accepts it as true. And these ideas are going into women's subconscious because you can see how aggressive women are actually getting in this society. Mm-hmm. So exactly. it's, not, it's reinforced in every part of, of the society. Right. Right? And yeah. I look at it as, you know, you're you're programming the girls to be empowered. What are you mm-hmm. saying to the boys who are watching this too? What, the, the, what are the, the archetypes that they get to choose from? You know, is that women are your gods. Exactly. Because yeah. yeah. I've been you saying this for years. My son, up to the age of 12, had never seen a boy beat a girl at anything. More than that, he'd never seen a male beat a female at anything in media. What Damn. does that do to a generation of boys who don't see that? What impact does it have long term? Long term psychological, because that's passed down. Yeah, you know, you have to turn around and try to break the cycle with your son and show him that in some kind of form or fashion. Otherwise, he grows up, he has his child, and then he repeats that cycle again. Yeah, so you know what you start him on, put him on Buffy. <laughs> Buffy would do it. That because Buffy is excellent. How old is your son? He's fourteen now. Perfect because. The whole thing with Buffy, the the first three seasons is her dealing with high school stuff. Mm -hmm. And even though we graduated and, you know, the teachers have passed away that taught us is still the same stuff. Nothing changed. There's nothing new under the sun. That Mm -hmm. stuff, it'll help. It'll help him cope through it because they have their messages. I mean, the one thing that I can say about uh, Josh Whedon is that he doesn't do the racial stuff. You know, he's not a closet white supremacist. Mm. Uh, so he doesn't belittle black people like in, in like the seven series. He had uh, Robin, who was the son of a black slayer. Because mm-hmm. you know, if you're familiar with the series, Spike wears this long black duster. Mm. He got it from that guy's mother because she was a slayer. He killed her and took the coat. Mm. Okay. So, you know, 
I mean, there's a whole thing history with him and Spike, but he was never played as an idiot. He wasn't played as a coon or a buffoon or nothing. I mean, he was a solid dude. The actor that played him, I was like, man, I need to see him some, in some more stuff. You mm. know, he was like Denzel Washington level to me, mm. you know, but I mean, it's, it's, they don't play it like that. Josh Whedon doesn't play it like that. You can sit down and watch it with him, but it shows strong female characters. Okay, it shows strong female characters and it shows the one guy who, of course, is, you know, he's the lap dog. He's the one chasing after Buffy because, you know, you men, some men are attracted to strong uh, male types. And she is uh, after Angel, who is, you know, Angelus, the 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 soulless vampire, you know, but he has a soul. But when he loses a soul, she goes through a whole heartbreak with him and everything, the whole bad boy trope. But there's a redemption and but she still chases the bad boy but the guy who is the finn character mm. you know the white guy he eventually moves away from that you see growth with him he you know he gets a fiance and, and everything and whatnot and he gets well they didn't get married but they almost got married stuff like that you see an evolution of the characters you even see the the best friends she becomes you know she winds up dating a guy who breaks her heart and then she goes gay and i mean it's a whole society dynamic that's wrapped up in that show but it's not it's not psychologically damning the end but this has gone through this has gone through stages i I wrote an article on uh the last jedi that i put on my blog i wrote a blog piece on it so check it out if you guys haven't it's on uh, newblackmasculinities.wordpress.org anyway one of the things i talked about is in the 80s you saw they were developing these female characters, but they weren't dominating the male characters. So like if you saw He-Man and She-Ra, you know what I mean? They started mm. creating these powerful female characters that mm. were about building women's you know, confidence, girls' confidence, and so on and so forth. But they didn't necessarily compete with one another. But now what we're seeing, like if we, we, we talk about Watchmen, right, the dynamic between Cal and, and Sister Midnight, mm. Right. So we move to this era between Ray and Midnight where you have women that are not only dominating, but as BGS said, they're men. You know, they're articulated as men and the men are being put in, in feminine roles and we're supposed to accept that. But we're not mm. looking at what impact it actually does have. Right. I'm now, sorry. I, What's your word? OK. Um, no, new black masculinities. I'm looking for it right now. <laughs> I don't know if I can put that. I, I, I'll put it up. I'll, I'll put the link in when I find it. Okay. You guys, you guys just keep going. But you know, that's that's one of the things that I'm noticing. We we're really not taking into account what these changes will mean over time and what it's doing to boys, right? Boys are graduating out of out of K through 12 at high school at you know at far lesser degrees than girls, and that's been going on for quite a while, but we're not connecting that to the media, we're not connecting that to entertainment. You know, boys in many respects are checking out and certain mm. and, and we're not asking why. But if you tell them they're not worth anything and that fundamentally they just need to follow girls and girls are going to fix everything. If that's the language, you're going to get men checking out at a very young age. Yeah. You know what? You know, the thing is, is that, uh, you know, if you look at before the uh, Kerner Commission, uh, only like 20, less than 25 percent of black men ever graduated high school. And the Kerner Commission kind of turned that around. And the biggest peak of uh 
male educa black male education was between 1968, maybe uh, 1980. And after that, it's, it's tailed off. So basically, it's going back to where it, the way it was. Hmm. Uh, Scott uh, Anderson just made uh, Scott Peterson just made an excellent point about a Nazi mm. um, from uh, uh, what is that show? American Gods. American Gods. Yes. And and having that character removed, you saw an, an unapologetically masculine character who's, mm -hmm. who gets fired from the whole show. The actor himself, and of course the character. So it, it's interesting to see that. Oh, they did that with what's the name too? The uh, the black guy. They fired him too. That's the one. Yeah. Oh, is there another? Yeah, it was another one. I didn't even, because I saw the, the article, but I didn't give it a darn because I never did watch the second season. I didn't even know they put out the second season. But they mm -hmm. fired the and, and the white guy. And I think what it was, they were too, their characters were too, uh, they weren't leftist. They were, they were, they weren't leftist enough. They weren't. They wouldn't fit into that extreme leftist ideology. Mm. So I got rid of. Well, I, yeah. I, I heard the excuse. Yes, did, sir. Did you get a chance to uh, finish Watchmen? Yes, I did. I finished it this morning. <laughs> now I know we didn't want to give away too many spoilers on Star oh, Wars. Yeah, but we yeah, Watchmen is done. Weapons free on on uh, Watchmen. Oh, Watchmen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had a lot that I wanted to say on Star Wars, but you're right. I don't want to get out of way. But but what was your what was your thoughts on Watchmen, man? Uh, on the whole of the last episode. Last last episode was hmm. <laughs> the, the ninth and the sixth had it was problematic to say the least. Mm. Was very problematic. Those last two, those are the, the three reviews I have sitting on my phone right now. Six, uh -huh. six seven, eight, and nine since I just watched it this morning. Mm -hmm. and I had a lot of thoughts. I just had to record it and get them out and, and move on with my day because I was kind of irritated with some of the stuff I saw. But the, this last one uh -huh. that sticks with me is that even though you have Dr. Manhattan in this black man's body or, or masquerading in, in blackface, whatever you want to call it, right? everybody is trying to take his power. Mm -hmm. That's what I found interesting. White man wants to take his power. Mm -hmm. The Asian lady wants to take his power to become him. And now, at the end, the black woman takes his possibly, possibly. Takes his power. Right. Yeah. And, Which and is still a statement, power. though. Question. Yeah, which is still yeah. which is still a statement because all these people want to take this black man's power which, at this point. <laughs> which, which they hinted at. Well, I said when I because I just did a piece on uh, on my uh, on my uh, Patreon about the, the the remember the the joke that Lori the agent the, the agent told uh, when she first got introduced in the episode three. Yeah, yeah. And basically, she told a story about uh, a master. Uh, bricklayer, what we call a master mason, and he mm -hmm. builds this uh, barbecue, right? <clears throat> and uh, it's perfect, except there's one brick left. One brick so missing. It's, it's one brick missing, right? So he's getting ready to tear the, the thing down, and the little girl uh, says, wait, I know how we can get rid of the, the orphan brick, and she throws it up into the air, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. That is that is the, the brick or the stone that the builder rejected. Mm-hmm. And masonry, right? And mm -hmm. at the very end of the joke, right after he did, uh, after God dispatches the uh, three watchmen, you know, um, for whatever reason, right? And he he notices her and said, "Okay, she's an old woman now, but she's there being judged, right?" Mm 
Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, well, he says, well, I don't know you. Who are you? He said, I'm the little girl. She says, I'm the little girl that threw the brick in the air, right? And the brick comes down and kills God. Right. So in other words, basically, the, the basically the the stone that the uh, that the that the builder rejected becomes the cornerstone, right? Mm-hmm. Who, who is who, who in this series is the orphan brick? I guess it would be Manhattan. Nope, it would be it be uh, it would be um, what's your name? Because you're. Uh, she doesn't. She doesn't have any family. Basically, oh, that's right. That's because right. she was orphaned in Vietnam. Okay, mm-hmm. she's uh, her grandmother came to get her. She was uh, orphaned again. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, uh, as far as reputation is is uh, is concerned, who is the who who who's at the bottom as far as reputation as far as women is concerned? Black women. Black women. So basically, she basically she's the orphan brick. She's the, she's the brick mm-hmm. that got rejected, and mm-hmm. now she's going to become the cornerstone. Which is so if you if you look at it from that standpoint, they've been, they're, they're, they're being given hints. Yeah, yeah. I'm waiting for you to pull it together for me because I know there was a piece I was missing. Yeah, and the story played too much of a centerpiece yeah. in the beginning of that episode, so I right. know it was set up for something else, but right. I hadn't heard that story before. Yeah, brick that's cast away. It's like okay, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, basically, that's they called uh, Jesus the, uh, mm. the 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 stone that the, the builder rejected becomes oh, a cornerstone. Jesus. Yeah. Mm. All right, question. Yes, sir. Seen watching yet? So what? Binge watching. Plus, I've been busy, but <laughs> I'm under the impression I saw a picture. Doctor Manhattan is a black guy. He took the form <laughs> of a black man. Yes. Right. Yeah. A dead black man. He took the form of to yeah. get with Sister Midnight. Is it Sister yeah. Midnight? Sister Night. Sister Night. Thank you. Yeah. He, he he took the form of a black male. But see, there's something I wanted to interject in that because mm-hmm. when you look at the legacy of, of black male stereotypes, mm-hmm. th- there are some overarching themes that play into all of them, from violence to you know uh, un- lack of intelligence. Mm-hmm. But one of the most consistent themes is failure. Right. It's one of the most consistent themes about black male stereotypes is failure. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at, you know, Dr. Manhattan, this is the only time, you know, from the movie to now that you actually see him, you know, fail seriously. Mm -hmm. And and it's noticeable that he's doing so with a black male face. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so you have this weird kind of mix where you have this this powerful white God figure who takes a black form. And has to be beaten in order for that form to come out again. And even though he's supposed to represent the Godhead in some way, he fails miserably in a way we've never seen him fail before. Yeah, he's he's almost human, and she she becomes his what his protector. His protector. Right. Yeah. But that scene where she approaches him with a hammer mm-hmm. and she's talking to him oh, lovingly. Yes. Man, I know I, that, that, that that yeah that that did something to me. That did, did something, something to me, man. Because that, that reminds that reminds you of your mother before she she does. Hancock. Yeah. Remember Hancock? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. The woman was his his greatest weakness. Mm-hmm. And 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 she was also more powerful than him. Mm-hmm. She was stronger. See, these themes keep coming back out, right? Mm-hmm. You know, many people I know are pushing back for. The, the the Ellen Ripley aliens, you know, um, 
uh, what's uh, Jamie Lee Curtis Halloween. If you're mm-hmm. going to have a, a female hero, mm-hmm. pull from that legacy. But instead, what we're seeing is, you know, the replacement of men mm-hmm. in a very particular way. Yeah, it, it was. It was. I think it was more skillfully done in Watchmen than it was done in Star Wars because mm-hmm. they, oh, they, mm-hmm. they 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 hit it very well. So, in other words, um, uh, well, one thing I do like what they did. At least they gave these women a background, a backstory. They didn't just come out of nowhere. They weren't Mary Sue's, mm-hmm. right? Right. I, think that was, I actually enjoyed seeing the black story. Yeah. Have you seen a bit of truth? What? A watchman. No, not yet. I'm a, I'm gonna be uh, uh, Negro. I mean, Neg- Negro. Hey, I'm me? right now with the Mandalorian. Okay. <laughs> hey, 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 Negro. I mean hey, just, just, just just the uh just the destruction of, 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 of uh, Black Wall Street alone in the first five minutes is worth hey. is worth the series. Oh, that's in here. <laughs> yeah, and watch for the first first five minutes that's of Watchmen. Very, uh, the very first, first episode, episode. First, first ever, first five minutes of Watchmen is the uh, is the, the is, is the is the uh, culture riots, race riots. Because I have I haven't seen any pre, I haven't watched any previews, I haven't watched any reviews. Uh, the reason why I asked the, the question about Doctor Manhattan because that was only the second photo I've seen about Watchmen. Everything else has been. You know the masked figure, uh-huh. black. I've seen that picture all over the place, but I haven't. I, I, I'm completely out of touch yeah. with Watchmen. Mm-hmm. I would say check it out because I wasn't going to watch that series initially. Oh, I, I wouldn't either. But with, with this guy, that guy right there, man. That guy right there with the glasses, you know, the <laughs> sensei right there. Yeah, it was him. Yeah, him. He it said, man, you got you to watch. You, you got to check out Watchmen. He said, well, why you got to check out Watchmen? Man. He said, he said, he said, he said nigga. Rorschach, is there a Rorschach figure in the in the in the show? Huh? Rorschach, is there a Rorschach figure in the show? Yeah, it's the legacy. It's the legacy of Rorschach. It's the legacy of Rorschach. Because they could become the white supremacists in But what really kicked that off is I had never seen a live action performance of Tulsa, Oklahoma before. Really? Now, BGS, you might be familiar with one. I looked for one, but I haven't found one. And I'm now I can at least show that to my class because When I try to tell them this is the first city in human history bombed from the air, my students just look at me like, you know, because they have no visual image of it. Well, did you? Did you, you uh, I think you posted that on on um, on it, on uh, Twitter, right, uh, Doctor Johnson, about yeah. the, uh, the two mass graves that they just found. That they just found, but the problem is what a lot of people don't know is they ground the bodies in wood chippers in the cemetery. In the cemetery. So we had a we had a, a guy come to Fresno State and give a presentation on Tulsa, and he interviewed an older white man who was a little boy at the time, mm-hmm. who was walking the next day and walked by a cemetery and he saw them loading dead bodies of black people into a wood chipper. So mm-hmm. the bodies actually comprised the dirt mm-hmm. that people were being buried in. So mm-hmm. when you when you see them, if you read the article where they say they found mass bodies, they said they were having trouble identifying what they were actually finding. Well. It's more than likely that the soil itself, mm-hmm. you know, it contains a lot of those parts. So you, we, we don't have a clear sense of how many so, people were killed. So the number is way higher than probably. Probably. That's in here. 
Uh, we talk. We, 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 we're not gonna make this. We're not gonna make this a a, 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 a white racist uh, uh, attack, okay? Because we're trying to, we, we're trying to keep it <laughs> light. But, because but that's, yeah, yeah, but but that's but, what's so surprising, though, when they deal with history. Mm-hmm. You know, they, and this is why I think they. One of the reasons they fired the uh, brother from American Gods because. You know, he said that they were trying to manicure and control what images they put out. Oh, yeah. But when you start to touch on history or African mythology, you're bringing in elements that come with a history of their own. Right. Right. And if you want to sidestep that, you don't have a problem. Yeah, I heard him. I heard Orlando Jones giving his interview about it. I think it was from his Twitter page. He was saying that they were trying to tone it down because Mr. Anansi was too angry or anything like that. yeah, fiery speeches. I'm like, shit. That was stuff that needed to be said. That was the exactly. best. That was the selling point of the whole show. If you exactly. take it out there, what what am I, what am I watching? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why would I care? He mm-hmm. is embodiment of the African in America, mm-hmm. right? So why would you try? Well, you know what? That just goes to show you how they want us to be. Mm-hmm. So I shouldn't be surprised that they they fired from the show. <laughs> I mean, look at look at Boondock. When Magruder left, the show tanked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It tanked. Just like mm-hmm. Living Color, it tanked. Mm-hmm. But, but, but controlling that masculine image yeah. seems to be a yeah. consistent part of this dynamic. Because, uh, what is it, Sam Paula Boy commented mm-hmm. about Hooded Justice, you know, in um, Watchmen mm-hmm. and the revelation that he was gay. He was gay. You or, know, or, at least, or at least bisexual. Right, right. Because he wasn't. He, he not only was he, you know, having he, sex he, with men. It was which man was he having sex with? Yeah, the white, blue-eyed, blonde-haired white man. Which is with the co-artist, and I said, "Hey, man, I said you got to check the uh, uh, episode six out, man." I said you're gonna have a problem with it. Yeah, I will send you the audio of what I said about that, G, because that was. <laughs> It was shocking. It was that episode itself was really shocking. And I was stirred up over that episode just in general, because for me, what I saw at the end of the day, it didn't matter what a black man did. He was just going to be used as a sex object or as a token or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Nobody necessarily gave a shit about his problems, what he was dealing with or anything. You, you, know, what, you, know, what the, you know what? You know what? You know what? Other than that, you know, what's really bothered me <laughs> is that. Even in the 1940s, uh, his wife, who is the little girl that he saved at the beginning of the show, yeah, right? yeah. she. How are you? How are you the Go boss of the family? How are you the boss of the family? You know, mm-hmm. basically, this is the gynocracy. You tell yeah. her he's the hero. Yes. Well, I was I was pissed, BGS, because one, she started him kind of on that path with the makeup and stuff like that, right? right? Mm-hmm. She did. Then at a point when he yelled at his son, then she wanted to get up and leave. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, get the hell out of here! You, you, you know what he was doing this whole time. This has been years. This kid is like five or six now, right? Mm-hmm. So he's been doing this some years. Now you want to leave, but then later on in the show, you come back and you want to pick up the granddaughter, but you yeah. ain't never told this boy about mm-hmm. what his father was really doing. Exactly. So the boy has this warped concept of what his dad is. Yeah, the, the, the people in mask are, 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 are mean. Or even trust mean. Right, right. But then, but then look to it, the narrative, right? So mm-hmm. she's the upstanding leader of the family, and he's <laughs> having sex behind her back with a white man. The, the whole trope of the down-low black male. Yeah. Right? 
So yeah. whether you're dealing with Sister Knight or whether you're dealing with, uh, you know, uh, uh, Hooded Justice Wife, there's still this underlying notion of weak, emasculated yeah. black right. males right. who are fundamentally undermining the black family dynamic by not following the gynarchy. You yeah. know what I mean? Even, right. even uh, Cal, you know, before he came out as uh, is, is Doctor Manhattan, that's a good one. <laughs> he was, he was still, he was still the wife. Go ahead, don't, don't jump in, Bitter True. Jump in. Hey, you want me to watch this? Yeah. Hey, all I can say is two words, <laughs> nigga. <laughs> you have, you have, you, uh, just, just for the images, you have to watch it because, because there's tons of images in this. You, uh, they're gonna be breaking down this series for for ten years, man, because there's so many images in this thing. So yeah, many. Somebody like you, better truth, you'll get into it. You'll you get into it. Really? Shit, yes. You're breaking that down. You'll you be breaking break it down every episode <laughs> because it, because they show they show uh, scenes of uh, of uh, of uh, of uh, Germans dropping leaflets on uh, on on, on soldiers and black soldiers in World War One, mm-hmm. uh, saying the Germans telling why are you fighting for. Uh, America, when America treats you like slaves and, and kind of that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of images that you that that you will really get into, like uh, like like the, like the uh, the what they call the uh, Cyclops is the Klan, and Hood of Justice is fighting against the Klan. So there's right. a lot of images that you, you know, that you would get into just to just to break it down. Like there's something that they were trying to get across. Piss me off. It's gonna piss you off. No, no, I'm not gonna say it's not gonna piss you off. It's gonna piss you off. But you, but the thing is, once you start watching and seeing the images, you gotta, you know, you're gonna, you'll get into it. Man, don't make me be looking at my next door neighbor with hate in my eyes. <laughs> hey, hey, like you don't already. <laughs> like you don't already. Hey, we see we're trying to bring that old that old conscious community soul out of you, man. Are you trying to keep it buried? I don't hate her. I just, I just head pet pity her. Like, oh, you're such a Freaking idiot! <laughs> <laughs> they don't know. Like, I mean, I'm in Atlanta. Uh-huh. You no, know, it's Chocolate City. Yeah. On my street, I only have one white family. Okay. That happens to live next door. Hmm. We wasn't even here a month, and I get a phone call saying that the neighbor, the lady, put a watermelon on the porch. Oh, okay. <laughs> You like what? Yeah, I'm like, what? Hey, that's a new one. All I got one question: Was it sweet? Was it <laughs> sweet? Sitting <laughs> on on the counter. Okay. So I took it out in the backyard because my backyard is sloped, so I threw it down the hill. I let the wild animals have it, mm. and I started to go knock on her door. But I was like, "No, I'll catch her outside." And I was like, "Let me calm down too." Oh yeah. <laughs> her outside, and her and I had a discussion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> discussion. Okay. And she was like, "Well, I didn't mean anything by it." I was like, "Well, you have to understand." And I knew she was going to say that. And mm-hmm. I was like, you have to, "I like, I know you understand the optics. You mm-hmm. know, we're black. You're white. Like, mm-hmm. oh, is it a racial thing?" I was like, "Well, yeah." Oh my god. Look at a chicken, then you'll know for sure she won. <laughs> hey, if she gonna if she gonna put the watermelon, she might as well put the bucket of chicken. Okay, yeah. <laughs> at least at the very least, make it complete. The, complete the watermelon patch in her front yard, and I'm like, and she neighbors, and I'm like, these black folks took watermelons from the only white people on the block 
who got a watermelon patch in the front yard. Are y'all dumb or is y'all stupid? The guy, dude, less than I would say it was last month, early last month. A black guy walking down the street, you know, me and my niece on the porch, we talking. He stopped and talked to the neighbor. He out front. And they talking, and he just a skinning and green. Mm. So sure enough, next thing I know, he walking past the house with a watermelon up under his arm. Oh, Jesus. And I said, you the watermelon, huh? He's like, oh, yeah, I bet it's good. I was like, yeah, I bet it is, too. <laughs> and you know my niece wanted to say something so bad. I was like, ah. We might have them, huh? Let me the imagery as far as that is still alive. You know, I, for some reason, I was thinking about uh, what's the movie where uh, Denzel and Julia Roberts was in together? Uh, Pelican Reef. Pelican Reef. Yeah. And that was supposed to be, you know, those two characters, to my knowledge, were supposed to actually get together, right? Yeah, yeah. They were. You know, now, I know Denzel had something to say about it, but yeah. at the end of the day, seeing that image, you know, they, they still didn't want to have. It's 2019, as many interracial couples couples as we see every day, you still don't see a lot of it on the screen. Yeah. So when I go back to Star Wars, the whole question of Finn and Ray in all three movies, mm. that to me is the crux of it. Where that's still because you know, when you know this is something Dr. Curry breaks down in his book, The Man Not. Mm. When you look at the family on the plantation, right? White man and woman were the father and mother, right. and the slaves were the children. Yes. So this whole question of black men with white women. Mm -hmm. It has to do with an, a, a particular perception of what masculinity is. Mm -hmm. And if black men are removed from that dynamic, mm -hmm. it, it, there's this, this kind of narrative where there's a certain type of manhood or masculinity that black men are not allowed to achieve. So in 2019, it wasn't coincidental for me to see Finn as basically a child. He is, yeah. In the first movie and never really being worthy of Ray. No, right? Because of this whole dynamic of gender. Yeah. Like, you know what's sad? Like I, I'm, on, I'm on Snapchat, and every day I always see this, these adverse, advertisements. I was trying to say advertisements, advertisements, and stories about mixed race couples, but they're never black man, white woman. No, white woman, white man. You're seeing, yeah, you're seeing a lot of commercials like that, and I'm like. Like, man, they're trying to push them again. But well, that's what I told. I'm sorry about that. Go ahead, babe. You're fine. You're fine. Uh, I was, I was going to say, that's what I told BGS about the uh, the Watchmen when they revealed that um, Cal was Dr. Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, BGS, I said, man, that's somebody's wet dream, ain't it? That oh, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you, 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 white you, man turned herself into a black man just to be with a black woman. Like, black you know, man, yeah. <laughs> Hey, 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 white, hey, white Jesus. Into a bar in Saigon. In Saigon just you got to remember, you gotta remember, you gotta remember, Dr. Manhattan is white Jesus, right? He's resurrected. Yeah. So they so you have white Jesus turn himself into a black man to be with a black woman. Right. Symbolically, what does it mean that she has to kill him to get her white Jesus back? <laughs> she had to kill the black man. She had to kill the black man because he was, yeah, he's in a black man's body. I told you that scene where she's walking toward him with a hammer. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. It did every way. Every black man was talking about that scene with the hammer. Oh mm -hmm. man, that was deep. It was deep. That was deep.
you got you have you got to watch this. Bit of truth. You got you got to binge watch this. Bit of truth. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm not going to ask you more questions. You see, I just been sitting here listening to y'all talk. <laughs> 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 and, 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 why should I watch this? I'm trying to find a reason. Why? Well, once because, okay, because there's so many. There's so many archetypes and images that they throw into yes. this into this uh, series. I mean, even this the first episode, they just hammer you with all these archetypes, man. It's just like you would just you spend a week just breaking down one show. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically on, online, man, they they said they find like eighty Easter eggs in in one show in one episode. Is it white woke garbage or is it black consciousness stuff or is it? Ah, it's all mixed it's in. It's all mixed in. It's mixed together. You know, at some point they just brought a bunch of people into the into the writing room and and wanted to be able to say it was a a diverse cast of writers or something. Mm -hmm. But it's a hodgepodge. Yeah, Yeah. but you can tell what the agenda is because the very last episode of the season, the implication about who is the new god. Yeah. um, yeah, you know, it, so you you start out with a white male god, and then you move to a black male go- god who's fallible and, and 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 fails, and then the transition kicks in, and it's an interesting set of symbolic statements. Statements, and basically, you, you, one thing it is is anti-white supremacist because they they really get their uh, uh, they really well, get a bad name in this in this series, all the yeah. way from 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 the opening from the really from the opening scenes to almost ending scenes when the uh, uh, when uh, when they when they get taken out at the very end, when when Lady True takes them out with the lasers, yeah. mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so, so they look huh? huh? I said, what did you think of the symbolism of that BGS in terms of Lady True dealing with them? Okay, okay, you, uh, <laughs> okay. I, I'm not gonna get in too much trouble with this. Basically, who's <laughs> who, who's who's replacing the white man right now as we speak? Are y'all spoiling this for me right now? No, I don't know. I mean, I, I, do you? I mean, you're listening. You want to spoil? This? <laughs> <laughs> this is what we do. I'm gonna turn down my speaker. Y'all <laughs> are done. T. Hassan, just snap your fingers at the camera, and I. My speakers are down in three, two, one. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Okay. Who? 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 Who's replacing? Who's replacing the white man? Who's taking the white man out as far as white supremacy concerned? And trying to basically trying to take his place internationally. Mm-hmm. Internationally, mm-hmm. the Chinese, the Asians, right? The Chinese, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So Lady True is uh, the, the white man's trying to regain his, you know, under, underneath the uh, uh, underneath white supremacy, right? With this group, they're trying to regain, take Doctor Manhattan's power, and put the white man back where he's where he's supposed to be, right? Because they've been taking a beating, right? Mm-hmm. But Lady True is going to basically eliminate him, and what is she going to become? She's going to become the Asian God, right? Mm-hmm. So, in other words, they're t- in other words, they're taking his place, uh, even though she's she's the child of of uh, uh, what's his name Ozymandias. Well, basically, Ozymandias. But the thing is, guess guess the the the, the modern Asian uh, economy is a child of what? Yes, out of Western civilization, yes, right? It is, especially yeah. World War II. Yes, yeah. Yep. So basically, basically that is it. And at the at the very end, uh, with the uh, with the hurt with the uh, Angela taking the egg and and getting ready to step on the water, guess who that represents? The next up and coming who? Okay, next up and coming, uh, which is Africa, right? Africa. Yeah, yeah but, but, 
And who, they, and who and who do they who the white man is scared of the Afro of the black man, right? But who do they if they if they have to be under somebody, who do they want to be under? The black woman. Who they, they have a relationship with. Had a relationship with, with right? Slavery. But yeah. but the interesting element to that symbolically, again, going back to Sister Knight, mm. is that in many ways she becomes the symbolic replacement of white women in a very particular kind of way, in terms of, of some people's aspirations. What we can debate about whether or not you know that's realistic, but that's what the symbolism kind of leads out. She becomes the replacement because notice Manhattan's ex girlfriend is there the whole time. The FBI. Right, right. She's there the whole time, but she has no relationship, no connection really, other than she knew what he was doing. Mm. But there's no formal connection beyond that. He's connected to Sister Knight. So what are they saying? Uh, that is, you know, I mean, I, I understand the, uh, the, what could be the plot elements because she's the granddaughter of the first Minuteman of the first Watchman. Mm. So that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, since he, since, since, uh, Dr. Manhattan was a, a Jewish exile mm-hmm. escaped in Germany. Um, and the black man, you know, they, they, the, the Jewish, the Jewish people went through their Holocaust, just like black people went through their Holocaust. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things that you know we're gonna be dissecting this exactly what they're trying to get across. Mm-hmm. So I suspect, um, I, I'm, I'm suspected that that there, that there, there's there's a uh, that there's an undercurrent of Hollywood to put a lot of money into this uh, into this uh, series because yeah. they spend, because there's no way that you can say that this is just a regular HBO budget. They spent way too much money on this series. A lot of they got a lot of leeway. I would think just yeah. from the just from the first episode of like I never thought I'd see something like that on television. Uh, never, and basically, and they didn't hold hold back any punches either. They were not pulling a punch. Yeah. <laughs> like damn, yeah. they let them do this. I mean, you know, yeah. this is coming after Game of Thrones. Like, uh, even uh, even when he was uh, when they when when the Hooded Justice was going up against the uh, the the clan. Um, and, and he killed the, the clan members in that in that theater when they were right. trying. Yeah, exactly. A lot of the, a lot of this. Yeah, a that, lot of this stuff is brutal. Yeah, that, that episode itself was something. Else. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. They, they had all kind of messages mixed in with this. They did. And that's that's why I'm trying to figure out. Like, I haven't even looked into it to see who actually wrote this. And I think it's like Tia San said, it might have been a group of writers sitting in a room. I want to see. see, see, see I want to see who greenlighted this. That's who I want to see. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Say, yeah, it's okay, and you can do do whatever. Because just the first five minutes was raw meat for black people. Yeah, yeah which was which I would have never expected. Um, I, that's what caught me off guard and had me coming back every week. Was why are they doing this? What are they yeah. trying to say? Mm-hmm. What are they trying to say? Yeah. And you couldn't predict where it was going to go. Yeah. No. Are y'all done? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, we, 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 we're done with the spoilers. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think you were going to watch it, man. So, you know, I didn't think it was. No, I, I, I'm, I'm going I'm to <laughs> give it a shot. And if I have to, I'll go ahead. I'll do an episode by episode review. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think it deserves it. I think I have to, I have to do it because oh, it deserves it. No, I can't. You can't. Damn it! I got the state job. I can't. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. You, oh, you can't do a review. Okay. You can no, watch it. I can't. 
I can't jeopardize this revenue stream. Oh, okay. Oh, 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 white man holding you back already. I I can no longer work for the company that I was working for. Okay. So I had to. So you had to to cleanse your social media, huh? Yeah, like my I delete my my Twitter and Mm. all my videos on my channel or probably all the you know the good ones that we talk about. Okay. Well, I. Yes, uh, you gave me two community strikes in the middle of me doing that. What in the middle of which one? Of me privatizing my videos. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They, they're, they're, they're. On. Well, somebody, somebody has, somebody has a link somewhere that, uh, and it reported you. Mm-hmm. No, no. This happened that the night that I was doing it. Yeah. Oh, really? No strikes. So okay. I'm going through my list. And I'm privatizing my videos, and all of a sudden I get an email. I'm like, you know, I'm like, why is YouTube emailing me? And then I get another email, and this was like right when I was finished. Mm. So I looked at the emails, and they're like, oh, you have a strike, and then oh, you have a strike. I'm like, but I'm privatizing the videos. Why are mm. you striking them now? And these were old videos. Mm. Mm. <sighs> no, no. Whatever. I, I wanted to ask Artisan, um, because I look, I've been a 40-year comic book collector, but I never delved into the Star Wars series that deeply. That was not really that wasn't really my vein. Is that one of the ones you, you delved into? Star Wars mostly in the novels, not in the comics. The extended universe in the comics, though. I read read them on Dark Horse here and there. The okay. new stuff that Marvel is doing, I haven't read any of that stuff. I really okay. have. I know, I know the Vader was good just from conversations with other guys who have read it. Oh, the latest, latest one? Vader uh, is really good. Yeah, the last Vader one was good, and I passed Mace Windu off to somebody else. But otherwise, I just see all of those as like they're standalone comics just because Disney owns that property. And right. so any character you've seen in the movie probably has a comic now. Doesn't mean the comics are overly good, but they go, you know, Mickey gonna have them holes on the street. It don't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they all, they all gotta, like I say, gotta go, gotta go. Yeah. That's a cold <laughs> visual. <laughs> That's a cold visual. But, but let me pose, let me pose this question to everybody on here, though. Um, especially if you've read the material outside of the movies, what missed opportunities did you guys see in this latest trilogy? Yeah, based yeah, on you, what, could you, have what missed opportunities did you see? The biggest one. <laughs> yeah, you got a you got a Facebook fan on uh, Dr. Johnson. What's that? You got a Facebook fan in the chat. Oh, that's my boy Kyle. That's what's up. Okay. All the right. biggest one they missed out on was not delving into the lore. You could have done a whole uh, trilogy, or matter of fact, you ain't even had to do a trilogy. You could have just done standalone movies. Exactly. Or trilogy, you could have did a trilogy on Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Okay, on his years, uh, you know, once he, him, and Palpatine took control of the Empire, mm-hmm. you could have little little movies with that, with his adventures. Well, they say they're going that way. Too late. 
Too late. <laughs> Why? It is never too late for Disney. I'm okay, you know what? You're right. I feel like this. Right now, the Mandalorian is restoring people's faith. Hopefully, Obi Wan, because Obi Wan is being done by Brenda Child. She's the one who did uh, uh, Episode Three in this and Episode Seven of The Mandalorian. And people are saying that those are the two best episodes. Mm. Okay, in The Mandalorian, because if you're not yeah. familiar with it. This is when the Mandalorian was up under his great, he was facing his greatest uh, adversary, uh, you know, adversaries. So with him doing, with her doing that, doing uh, the Kenobi series, mm-hmm. if she sticks true, true to form like the man, like she's doing with the Mandalorian, it's going to be a really good show. Mm-hmm. Um, this whole series would, uh, like, you could have done something with, you can still do something with Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can save no. Solo, but you're gonna have to get rid of Aaron uh, Arden right. That wooden guy. You're gonna have to get rid of him. You got to recast uh, Solo. You didn't like him? I didn't care. I thought he worked as a young Solo. I thought he worked as a young Solo. With with Boba, with Boba Fett work as a uh, uh, as a series, just like The Mandalorian. No. Yeah. You think so? Or no. Yeah. No. No, I don't think so. Yeah, because I, I, yeah. took that shine now. So it's okay. like, why would you watch a Boba Fett solo? You know movie? what they need to do? Well, first of all, what's going on? Hey, Tarine, what's going on? What's going on? You know what they need to do? And I'm surprised no one said it yet. What's that? They need to get rid of Kathleen Kennedy. Oh, yeah. no, I think she's gone already. She, she, is the, she is the real Emperor Palpatine. Right. They need uh, to get rid of her uh, and uh, Ryan Johnson. Uh, well, Ryan, yeah. after that whole debacle, he was done. Uh, what's because after uh, from word on the street is that after the uh, they had the the controversy with the Last Jedi, she got pulled into the office and dressed down by Bob mm-hmm. Iger. Mm-hmm. So, so this is why they brought in, of course, uh, your boy, uh, um, who? No, Abrams. the other guy, the one that's in the one that was over Marvel. Kevin Feige. This is why she don't give a damn about what happens with this movie because this was her last movie. She's out. Yeah, yeah, they're going right. to reassign her because they can't fire her because of the optics. But they're going to mm-hmm. reassign her and they're going to turn it over. To Filoni and and Feige, okay, and, and hopefully. And you want to know what else? You want to know what else? To who was those two guys that um that did the last season of Game of Thrones? Who was what's their names? Oh, Lloyd Miller. Yeah, they they were they got fired. They, yeah, they got fired. They're not on. They're not on the new trilogy. The thing is, they. They they gave us a trash last season of Game of Thrones all because they wanted to go and do Star Wars, but what now they're not going to do because they got fired. So you wasted a whole last season for one of HBO's most successful shows, but something that you didn't even get to do. That's their business, though. That's their business. Bob Iger didn't sign off on them. He Mm -hmm. he saw that last season of Game of Thrones and realized that, wait a minute. I should be signing. Uh, who's the guy who did uh, Game of Thrones? The author, George. Uh, R. What's his name? George R. Martin. Yeah, like I should be hiring George R. Martin to do Star Wars. I might as well call George back. You guys still don't know how to do anything outside. Of- it would be nice to put George and George together. Well, George is coming back. 
George Lucas is coming back? Yeah, George Lucas yeah, is he's coming been on back. The so. Dave Filoni. He's going to help walk, walk Dave Filoni through a lot of this stuff, through a lot of the new stuff that they're about to do. Yeah, so, they're going to do more of George Lucas's ideas. That's why I asked Artisan about you know the the comics here because there's so much rich history already that they could be yeah. pulling on. You know, it, you can bring people in and that's all great, but it's already there. There's so much of a legacy there that's not being touched. But in terms of, of missed oh. opportunities, I was gonna say two real quick things. One, um, I think uh, was it Andos eighty eight uh, said it. He said it well. The Knights of Ren mm. is really a missed opportunity in this latest movie. There's not. There's nothing really. You you don't you know you don't have any sense of who the hell they are. But they the still show up. I, what is you know? They never explained the relationship between. But her that's what and I mean. And I, you know, it's, it's like, what what's the Knights of Ren are? They are students of Luke Skywalker, just yeah. like Kylo. Okay, but you yeah. have none of that, and no clarity on that in the movie. Exactly, they're Force users too. They're Jedi's. You don't. Here's the thing. With them, like you said, it was completely wasted. Yeah, wasn't supposed and to. And get, and get this, because y'all know that for the rise of Skywalker, there were a bunch of leaks. Every leak that went out was in the movie. Every yeah. last leak. So if you saw all the leaks, you pretty much saw the whole movie. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna tell you one of the, one of the things I I hoped was gonna be in it, and this was my other thing as far as a lost opportunity. I was hoping they'd bring Mace Windu back. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> you bringing everybody back. I want to see Sam and Jackson come back in. Lightsaber lighting people up. I want to know what's so crazy. I like coming in one of these movies that Kathleen Kennedy is doing. I don't want to see anybody else I like. No black men. I don't even want to see Captain Banaka in this. I don't want to see no oh, black men. Nah. Like, man, you took it way back. You took it back to the first part. I don't want to see a black man in this movie again. No, because you're killing me. The reason why Marvel is so successful and Star Wars is failing is because Kevin Feige dipped into the lore. He went into the books. I mean, mm-hmm. he tweaked it for the movies. Mm-hmm. And really, the movies are an offshoot of Marvel's uh, ultimate line. Mm-hmm. That's why Peter Parker is still a teenager. Mm-hmm. That's why he's still a kid. Because right. in the ultimate line, the Avengers are, of course, adults. But Spider-Man, he's still in high school. He's like 14, 15 years old. Yeah. You know? So in Civil War, their Civil War that happened, it's pretty much the same thing, except it wasn't over the accords or whatnot. But they dipped into the lore. They dipped into the old, the old lore and the new lore with the ultimate line, and they put it together in the movie. And, of course, they had to change, you know, Thanos, the reason why he was after the Infinity Stones, mm-hmm. okay? Because originally he was doing it to win the, the, the heart of Lady Death, Okay, who's the one who got him on the path of being a serial killer, mm-hmm. <laughs> the ultimate serial killer? Mm-hmm. But they had to change that. But it worked. Mm-hmm. It worked. An eleven-year stretch, twenty-one movies. I don't count Captain Marvel. Twenty-one movies. <laughs> <laughs> it worked, and nobody has ever seen anything like this in cinematic history. And of course, they're getting ready to do it again with X Men and Fantastic Four. Right. 
Okay, well, hold on. Wait, New, to New Jersey Prophet, he said Mace Windy was at the bottom of Coruscant. Yeah, but oh, the yeah. thing you'll notice in the latest Star Wars is everybody falling off everything. I didn't watch the Star Wars <laughs> marathon all over again. Everybody done fell off something. He could have survived it. Wait, wait, are you talking about fan fiction Star Wars? No, nah, the movies. Oh, yeah. You're talking about Disney fan fiction. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, wait, well, we don't count those. Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I'll just say that. was also so crazy. A lot of people had a lot of stuff to say about the prequels, but when they saw this Disney one, they was like, you know what? I take it back. The prequel <laughs> one are better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And why, is, and why is it with a little bit of the lightsaber battles that they do have, and they very are small scenes, why does it seem like uh, they are, when they're fighting with the lightsabers, they're making it seem like they're fighting with a 10-pound dumbbell? Like, yeah, it's not heavy. Like, how they were, like, for instance, the some, the, some of the best lightsaber battles, like, I, I would say for me in the prequels, of course, everyone knows, the Darth Maul one, Oh, that's, yeah. like a, that's a go-to one. Um, the part where when Yoda finally fought Count Dooku in the second one, yeah, and then of course Anakin versus Obi Wan in the third one. Yeah, when they were wielding, when they were doing those fights, they were doing it flawlessly and able oh. to move. But in these Disney and ones, they moving it like they are struggling. Even Yoda there's no skill in it. Right, Yoda was, was was wicked. Right, because yeah. those guys, the prequels. It was it was it was artistry, right? Artistry. It was yeah, you know, woo, 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 like they swinging nunchucks and you know and clashing and flipping. It, it was beautiful. Mm. Yeah, they actually studied with the same guy who I think taught um, Mark Hamill in the beginning. So he was he's like a master swordsman, and mm. uh, you and he's the one who trained um, um, for the Adam. An Obi Wan fight, yeah. right? Yeah. But you look at the guys in this one; they yeah. are not training with any source masters. That's why they swing lightsabers like baseball bats and shit. Like, yes. Yes. like you can't yes. even get a martial arts guy, y'all, right in Hollywood. I mean, get a stunt coordinator, somebody. And, would, and, and, then, and then with the mouse. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Come on. It's, man. It, 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 I don't look. I'm really fighting to not give away too many things on this last movie. Yeah, but, I would. ハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハ
Yeah. No, Mary Poppins. That's I mean, I mean, I mean Leia, Leia was trained by Luke. You know, Leia was but that's the thing. They show they, they they say it in this one that she was trained by Luke, and yeah. then the scene you finally get to see, she beats Luke, right? Mm. So much the same way we saw Ray beat Luke. So yeah. we go back to the we go back to my rules because uh, I'm saying there's there's a new set of rules for Star Wars. Right. The first of which is that women don't lose fights. Nope. Most particularly <laughs> lightsaber battles, they don't lose. Um, okay. Women are better at tech. Yeah, STEM fields, they're, yeah. They're, they're better at tech. You, you, you know what pissed me off when they uh, when they uh, were trying to find the planet, That's the Sith yeah. planet, right? <laughs> and nobody knew where it would, the name of it had even heard about it, right? And guess who knew? Guess who knew about the planet? Because she read it in Luke's journal and she translated it. <laughs> it, was, Mary Sue? it was Mary Sue Ray. I know no. it. Yeah, the Ray I, of yeah. I heard based on the spoilers, I heard they Mary Sue the hell oh, out of man. her. She, she, she stopping. She stopping a transport in midair, man, with her with her powers. Chick. Come on, man! Get the fuck out of here. Well, that's what, I'm not surprised that Leia beat Luke in the battle. After all, then she goes space surfing in the Last Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Mary Poppins. Instead of a force bubble, all she needed was an umbrella. Well, yeah. one, of the, one of the the more subtle ones, you finally get to see the resistance. And if you look close, we haven't really seen the resistance as much as we did in the original. You know. Episode, what, what is it? Uh, uh, the original New Hope and yeah. Empire. When you see the resistance now, they're mostly women, yeah, overwhelmingly so. Yeah, it, it, it's very woke culture-ish. It's very Black Lives Matter kind of, but it's all white for the most part. And and the resistance is almost all women. Mm. And so it's interesting to see these kind of shifts because I, I'm that's the things I look for. I'm like, what are they saying with this? Mm-hmm. And, and basically, if you look at if you know if you look at the uh, at the other side, it's almost all male. So basically, that you know, yes. the, basically the the uh, you know the the empire is uh, is, is, a, is a patriarchy. patriarchy. Is a patriarchy. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's one of the things I said in my review, I said in this trilogy, the the resistance is a matriarchy, the empire is a patriarchy, a patriarchy. and and when you see the matriarchy win at each step, there are statements being made. Yeah. Can yeah. I say something like in in real world? Like in all honesty, this whole white feminist—well, there's only one feminist in the world, and that's white. Everybody else are lap dogs and blackies, funkies yeah. and slaves. Right. When feminists oh. call themselves trying to take down the patriarchy, mm-hmm. the stupidity of that is that they don't seem to understand that if you win, society collapses yeah. <laughs> flat out. Because you go out there and poke and repair bridges, mm-hmm. do all that welding and make new buildings and pave roads and, and uh, do any type of, of of table laying. I'm talking about in mass. Mm-hmm. Okay, not you know you got two or three people here working construction, holding the stop and, and go slow sign. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> doing the literal. Physical backbreaking work. You're not going to be dangling fifty stories up, washing windows off the side of a skyscraper in the middle of a windy downtown. You're yeah. not gonna be doing any of that. You're not going to be spending your days, ten to twelve hour days, walking alongside a garbage truck. Mm. Okay, all of these jobs that men do, these backbreaking jobs that men do in order to keep the society 
functioning right just on the physical level and i'm even yeah. i'm even talking about the intellectual level like keeping the the uh the generators going for that powers all of this electricity yeah. and the heating units and all of that stuff that takes that takes intelligence mm -hmm. okay but, and it's dangerous but the I problem electricians get, get killed on the job but the wire good but the problem is in either the matriarchy they show or the patriarchy they show black men are at the bottom what was finn in the empire he was a trash man. He was a he was basically a glorified janitor. But if yeah. you look at him in the resistance, they made him a general. But there was this interesting moment where him and Jen, the new black girl interest, they're coming into the fight, and she says to him, um, "You had a good teacher." As far as the thing he's writing on, and she she identifies herself as his teacher. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, "This is real interesting." You know, in in the matriarchy. You know, he and I guess Lando are the only black males that you really see, but they just mm -hmm. follow orders, even mm -hmm. with even within their positions. They take their cues. If we look at Poe in mm -hmm. the last uh, the last Jedi, his mm -hmm. whole conflict with Leia and what's the other general that crashes the ship? Oh, yeah, Holdo. They treat him like a five-year-old. But they treat him like a five-year-old, like an errant child that needs to be spanked. This is the perception of men. Yeah. Yeah. And how they see men, we, you know, you're either the uh, the ultimate villain in the empire, or yeah. you're a petulant child that needs to be directed by the gynarchy. So, you know, this this whole notion that women lead the resistance, men need to follow. Mm. There's another there's another couple rules. One of them is men no longer rescue women. Mm. You, yeah, so. you get this moment with Ben toward the end, but that's really kind of it. You're no longer really allowed to see men rescue women anymore. Women can rescue men. Uh, wait, black women are gonna protest against that one. <laughs> black women are gonna protest against that one, boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? you want to take it. And, and this is what this is the this is what I tell women. If if you really think that men ain't shit and we worthless and you know you strong and independent, don't call me when he whooping on your ass. Don't call <laughs> me when, when the Asian man beat your ass. Don't call me when you get snatched up in white vans. Don't call me when none of this shit jump off because you strong and independent and I ain't shit. Yeah. What's the first thing we hear when those situations happen? Even if there's not a black man on the scene. What's the Why first thing? Where's the black man? Why wasn't he protecting her? Right. But, you're, but you're educating a generation of boys by telling them their girls are stronger, yeah. smarter, more yeah. effective and yeah. don't need to be rescued. Yeah. What do you expect? And then I, I and I remember I was on Facebook a couple years ago and I had asked the question: Would you, if you have if you have kids and under of a certain age, would you take them to the gun range? Most of the people who responded were women said no. So you don't even want your kids protecting themselves yeah. because you know you ain't going to protect them either. If something pops off. Yeah, and and something happens, and then it's again it's a problem with why men didn't protect. You know, but I, here's the, the last thing I'll say as far as the new rules, and this to me is the most powerful, is that women are inherently pure from the beginning to the end. And if you watch this later <laughs> and, and you see the redemption of, of uh, Ben Solo, right, it's, mm. it's, it's at the hands of women. So women have a natural purity. And you saw this in Last Jedi with Holdo and Le Leia as well. They have a natural, and Ray and all mm. three. They have a natural purity that men need to follow, but men are not capable of having that natural purity anymore.
Mm-mm. That security that that Luke kind of had. Yeah. We don't see that anymore. It's it's, it's primarily women. I, you know what? Society would go to pot, and and I tell I tell women, just like I tell black folks, if you don't like the way society is being run, go build your own shit. Go live amongst yourselves. If you don't like it, go live amongst yourselves. I even had a movement started, but nobody wanted to do it because everybody just wanted. To bitch and complain. And that's the way I see them when they talk like that. You're just bitching and complaining. Because if you really wanted to live in a society where women were running things, there are about 15 ghost towns that you can buy. The the most expensive one is 1.2 million. Okay? Y'all can get y'all little lesbian feminist money together and go, go get it fixed, buy it, get it fixed up, and go live there. You ain't got to worry about no man. Prove it, yeah. Prove it in your in your actions. Yeah, that's it. And go do it. Mm. I agree with uh, Kendra that that uh, Kylo would have been a much better story arc. I yeah. think so. Kylo and Finn. Personally, I think Finn. The story really should have been about Finn. I mean, well, he's a defunct stormtrooper. Yeah, you know, you should. They should have showed him. Doing the whole, his they, whole they completely wasted his character. He was just that he was like furniture that you just had to like stare at, unfortunately. <laughs> like a puppy. He was a puppy. And kept chasing yeah, and kept chasing after Ray. Yeah. yeah. You know, to have that white puss puss, <laughs> if, if, you, if, you, if you know if you notice, every Mary Sue has to have a beta male orbiter. Mm. Yeah. When, when black women, all women want a beta male orbiter. They want a bad boy. That they have to chase and, and tame, but they also want at least one or two beta male orbiters that 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 uh, never get anything. That give their faith and give their loyalty for nothing. Yep. It, keep validating. <laughs> problem with that is that I have to figure out. I, I have, I'm being serious. Out here, I had to figure out why the STD rates mm-hmm. among black women were so high, but mm-hmm. they were lower amongst black men. Mm-hmm. You know. Else is leading the STD rates here in Atlanta. What's that? Who's that? Gay men. Oh yeah, yeah. They always have. Gay men and black women are leading leading the charge. And then, I mean, two plus two. This is why I I don't really why these single women are fucking these gay dudes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it's just sex type thing. It's just sex. Just pretend. And they are spreading. The- well, no, that was that was weaponized against black men years ago. The way that was positioned is that it was down low black men, especially black men out of prison, and they were the reason. And they were uh, they were lying to women across the board. So they only responsible. This was probably what? How long ago was this BGS? I, I at least twenty. At least twenty. At least twenty years ago. 20, oh, 25 years ago. ago. Yeah, the narrative was that it was all these black men's fault. Yeah. Was- yeah all that they were lying. So you get this kind of subtext, but you know, that's, that's kind of how it comes out. Right. Yeah, we, we, A lot of black women been secretly sleeping with the gay men for eons, man. Yeah. Having, yeah. marrying them, having, I know lots of uh, gay men that got married to black women, had babies, had families with them. And knew that they was gay. That's why yeah. when y'all talking about this show, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you have to think it 
Oh, yeah. Hey, Bay's going to be holding his hat when he watches the Watchmen. I can tell you. Right. <laughs> especially, especially on that episode. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. 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 He's oh, going to yeah. be holding his hat. Like, what the? Don't, mm-hmm. hey, hey, Bay. Yeah, put your, put, your you weapons, know what, put your weapons away when you watch it, though. Okay, but you know what? They actually, you know what? You know how I knew. You know how when that scene came, when that particular scene came up, it didn't surprise me because remember, oh, I'm, I don't want to spoil anything because you didn't watch it yet. Hold on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> you're gonna turn it down. You're gonna turn it down. So on, 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 you got twenty seconds. One, two, three, go. Okay, the part where he when the part in the episode I think it was the episode before that when he was watching that. That gay porno in Hooded Justice was oh, yeah. that was the hint right there. So when they showed it in the episode, I was like, Oh, that's yep. where they went from. Yeah, that's, where, that. that's where they were going to. I didn't think they would go there, but they did. Neither did I. I saw that and was like, What the hell? I was like, Okay, so this is just a retelling. And then the next yeah. episode, it's like, Oh, I guess it was supposed yeah, to be something. There's some true truth, truth behind it. Yeah. But the, but the yeah. character development was horrible. There was nothing right, to done. suggest <laughs> that he was gay before that. No, no. I didn't really see anything. Did you? No, no, it was, no. nothing there. It just no. came and then it went out because <laughs> that was. I think that was one more button or one more um, card uh, punch on their card that they needed. Yeah, and they need that male gay audience, and they checked that off. Like, okay, black buck, mm-hmm. gay males done. Yep. Move yeah, on. yep, yep. <laughs> Yeah, but, but yeah. slip in lying to his wife down low so you can have that narrative that exactly. yeah I am uh, bl- black women love this love the Watchmen I can tell you that Regina King and mm-hmm. uh, power, the, the kick ass black females and and all and the uh, weak black males mm-hmm. oh they loving this mm-hmm. and it, and it's become the popular narrative I mean even in the Mandalorian as much as I like that show mm-hmm. um. What, what, I, there's a there's a new character. Well, she's been around a couple episodes. I can't recall her name. Real big. Oh, I know you're talking about. Her dude. She's beating down men left and right. And mm. and my whole thing with this, and I keep trying to you know get this across even in social media that this whole idea that there are no differences between men and women. Everything is everything. Mm. You know, it it it. And when a woman is abusive to a man, it's laughable. But when a man is abusive, it's a problem. We got to do something about it. But don't forget, there's no differences between right. men. And, women. and then you watch these shows, and you see women kicking. It, their strength is always demonstrated at the expense of men. Yeah, and that's the popular narrative now that I see is that that these women, as much as they hate masculinity, they can never flex any real strength unless they're acting in a masculine hey, fashion. But you know, but you know right. what? You know what is getting them now? And they're hating it? And they are hating it? Is seeing people of the T-class of the Alphabet Academy get into their sports realms <laughs> and moving their ass with it. It's, it's, it's disrupting the narrative. Right. It's disrupting the narrative because as long as you keep men and women's sports, for example, separate, you can keep the narrative that there's no difference. But as mm. soon as you get the trend, that becomes a problem. Yeah. Because there's a clear, you know, you, you see the differences playing out. Well, yeah, it has to be against males because males are the measuring stick. Yeah, exactly. Because their power doesn't mean anything if it's against another female. So, yeah. so what, what you get out of that equation, you know, like think about Wonder Woman, the last, the, the Wonder Woman movie. Mm-hmm. Um, she walks into that bar full of soldiers, right? Uh-huh. And the next thing is she's throwing everybody around. Yeah. And then by the time you get to the end, 
when you get to Dr. Poison, the, the female, you know, scientist who's poisoning people, mm-hmm. one woman just looks at her. Mm-hmm. She walks away. There's no accountability. There's no, you know, punishment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, you know, so you get women's strength without any type of accountability. And I think it, it sets up a precedent that's becoming more and more of a problem. But we're seeing it everywhere. I mean, right. even Mandalorian, when he's fighting against uh, the woman I just mentioned, what's her name, Gina? Mm. Hard. They, they, they Hard. come to a draw. Yeah, they do. We're not, you, we're not allowed to see women lose. Mm-hmm. So you know, you know, women but, don't lose. But you know what's so funny? It's funny you mentioned Wonder Woman because guess what? She's going to have her chance to fight up against a female creature in the new movie. Yep. Oh, uh, what's the cheetah? Cheetah. cheetah. And cheetah. cheetah is actually her bit one of her biggest adversaries. Like mm-hmm. she's actually lost to her, so she had to get a whole new armor just to fight her. So yeah. we about to see what that's going to look like. And I, 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 give the, I give the trailer some props. I mean, she was swinging on lightning with her lasso. Yeah, the trailer. Nice. Yeah, they they did a good job on their trailer. They trailer blew a Black Widow's trailer out the water. Oh, and the Wonder Woman trailer had more pump. I'm like, damn, I, I want to see this movie now. And, and it actually captured the '80s really well, just in there, like with the like the brightness and everything. I say, yeah, that's the '80s all the way. Yeah, I think what they should have done for Black Widow, they should have done the same thing that they did for the Punisher. Really, oh, get yeah. into the meat of it because uh, I yeah. think uh, make her more human and I give her. A going, I think looking at the Black Widow trailer, it looks like they're trying to go the Winter Soldier route. Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought. I don't think you. I think she's too complex of a character telling like a, a movie. It'd be better well, suited in a series. And she has yeah. a very good backstory because they touched on it a little bit in Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. So I just truly believe, and we all can agree with this. She should definitely got her movie way before Carl Manvers. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh god. <laughs> well, who? Carl Manvers. <laughs> who? Captain Mary Sue. <laughs> 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 Which, which to comic readers is is just stupid. I mean, she's yeah, been a C D level character for I don't know how long. Mm. But it, see, even even if they actually held it straight to the comics, she wouldn't have been that damn bad because she ain't overly feminist in the comics. They've made her no. that way over the last five no. to six years. She yeah. she wasn't never that way. Yeah. But because they did the stuff that they did in the movies, they just they just completely changed their character up. It was like, this is garbage, dude. This Do you know how many people were saying that they can't oh. wait for them to bring the X-Men into the MCU so Rogue could take her powers? Yeah. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Where's the coma? That's I'm, I'm just waiting on the coma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rogue was actually interesting in that in that kind of position. So but well, yeah. the question I have for you, uh, Dr. TSR. With all this stuff, because I think I asked this at BGS the last time we were talking, with all this stuff that we're seeing that they're really going hard with this feminism in every mm-hmm. movie, everywhere you turn, any any space that's left for uh, masculinity or anything like that, they're trying to get in there and put their own narrative in. Mm-hmm. Is this the last gasp of this stuff, or do they just feel overly emboldened? Because I, I can't tell. I can't tell if this is you know the patient thrashing before they slip under the water. Mm. Or they just know they nobody can stop them. They just roll it over. They while they have momentum, they have to do this because uh, because once women find out what it's going to do to the society, 
you can actually see started to see the rollback on feminism because the next generation is seeing what the uh, say the X's and millennials have done, and they're mm-hmm. not liking. In other words, um, even the men say we're not down for this because uh, what's happening is basically men are checking out. Yeah, yeah and it's well. See, the yeah. thing is, a lot of this is market driven. Yeah, right? exactly. you know, it's really no, not. It's, true. it's not until the seventies that women even become a significant part of the market, and so it's decades later of industry trying to cater right. to that dollar. But the problem they have, and I think I think Artisan brought this up when you I think you brought up Ghostbusters earlier, right? Mm-hmm. The problem mm-hmm. they're having though is they're not consulting women about what women want. Right. They're just repackaging things and making it female centered, and then mm-hmm. even women don't always want these things. Go women yeah. didn't see Ghostbusters, right? right? So <laughs> so the problem is they're losing money and they're going to have to figure out how to do it. And the first thing you should actually do if you're going to cater to a demographic is ask them what they want. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, you're not going to get a whole bunch of women that want to see these male industries made female. What, yeah. what, what was the other one? Ocean's Eight. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And in, 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 in other, in other words, you can't just you just can't plug women into a male role and think it's going to happen that way. You want to hear that? That's just like what, that's just like what Elizabeth Banks and what she tried to do with that Charles Andrews thing right there. First off, she they said she tried she tried to get a Tyler Perry on. She tried to do everything at one time and be in the movie, and then. We all know Bosley is a male character. She made herself Bosley, and mm-hmm. then you put, and then I don't know anybody that was asking for that movie. I'm like, they already remade it into a movie back in the early 2000s, which was successful and way better with yeah. people that we actually liked at the time. Mm-hmm. And then you put, and then you put, and then you put all of this together, and then this was her excuse for why I flopped. It's not because men don't support strong mm-hmm. female lead characters. Right. I said, I'm you guys said, oh, do we need to pull down a, a list of female leads that we like? Came out, what did she say before the movie came out about uh, men going to see the movie? What did she say? That What I just said, that they don't support it? No, no. Before the movie flopped, before the movie came out, what did she say about the movie? And men, do you remember? That no. they don't need it, that it wasn't made for them. Right, like this isn't a movie for you. Oh, oh yeah, for women. This this is about female empowerment. And then it flopped, and then she turned around and got mad and blamed men for it flopping. And, like, and guess what? And guess what? She's, and guess what she's working on now? And guess what she's working on now? She's what? working on something called the Invisible Woman. And it's oh. not Fantastic Four related. Okay. It's basically a piggyback off of the Invisible Man. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, Dr. Johnson. Part of the problem, though, is that if you're going to cater something to women, you got to ask them what they want, and they're not. So, in terms of of this whole issue of her saying it was men's fault, you can't flop that hard unless women aren't going to the theater either. That's the part she didn't want to deal with. But they do have a new Invisible Man movie coming out, and I don't know how many of you saw the trailer for it. But it's it's set up around a woman whose abusive husband makes himself invisible and tortures her. Oh, yeah. movie, and right. then she has to redeem herself. And, and it's, 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 it's the Julia Roberts movie from, I think, the 90s where they did that. Sleeping with the enemy. Sleeping with the enemy. It's basically sleeping with the enemy. That's what it is. So you get the same narrative of women having to overcome men either easily or with difficulty. You know what it reminds me of, too? Remember that movie Hollow Man? Yes, yeah. it reminds me so much of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if you look at you know, I, I'm not a fan of Warner Brothers, but if you look at the way they do their uh, what they call their badass females, they actually mm-hmm. do it a, a much better job of it than mm-hmm. than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. 
You know, if you look at the Watchmen, the Watchmen was very female centric. You can't even yeah. escape yeah. that. The thing is, they did it in such a way that it is believable. Right. I think it wasn't. I would say it wasn't overly offensive to you. No, it wasn't overly offensive. Because the most it, thing is the weakness of the of the males, but yeah. not to the fact that she she's just doing what she's doing because they didn't blow it up to look. She's strong because she's overpowering the man. No, she's just doing what she does. She's a police officer. She obviously been trained. She do some shit. That's yeah. just what it is. But the problem is, but the males are really weak. <laughs> well, I'll give, I'll give them this. The first time we see Sister Knight in a fight, um, I think they, they when you remember when they were collecting all the little batteries? Yeah. And she uh, busted in the house. She yeah. got thrown around. Yeah. Yes. Like she, she didn't just walk in and wave her hand and everybody flew out the wall. I mean, she got thrown around and that was that looked a little more realistic. So it made it it made it realistic enough to watch. Like, okay. Now you want to know a you want to know a female character that went through some stuff before she actually became a legendary character even as a video game character is Laura Croft and Tomb Raider. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. You watch the most yeah. recent one where she like it's like her origin. She mm -hmm. went through some stuff yeah. to get to but before she got two pistols that she was known for having. Mm. Okay. Okay. So she's trained. Huh? She's trained. She was yeah, she, she trained, yeah. Yeah, she was trained. Like her dad, like her dad was like an expeditionist or something like that. Mm -hmm. So she was trained by her dad. But she was okay. thrown out into the wilderness in the middle of nowhere where she had to like build stuff and create fires. Like she was like being a survivor. Three mm. hundred. She got raised like a man would get raised. Yeah. In so yeah. many words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm well, you know that that's she was raised, I guess you could say she was raised like a man, but still kept her femininity. Okay. Okay. That's been boob. That's been boob forever. That, yeah. that's been boob raider forever. <laughs> they have to revamp that character and trim her down to a little C cup <laughs> and give her this backstory so they can make it more relevant for today. Now, how was that last movie? I never watched it. If you, if you actually, if you played the Tomb Raider video game, the more recent ones, that movie is based off of that. Yeah, exactly. Not the not the old ones from the nineties that Angelina Jolie did. Okay, okay. That's why I said it's a, it's the revamp of that character because they're trying to sell it to a different audience. Yeah, yeah. Original Tomb Raider sold the guys more so. Yeah, because to take it's, that it's, character because it's, it's a female and make it more for women to like. It's a female. It's a female Indiana Jones. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you, BGS, you got a question uh, from Rowdy Benoit. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, mm -hmm. but he's asking about uh, the last Terminator. I haven't seen the last Terminator, but don't. Basically, you know, I did not see. Basically, basically, they basically just feminize the whole plot instead of uh, them trying to say, say uh, uh, Connor. The, Sarah Connor or, or John Connor? John Connor, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I think, I think man turned it right. He said they gyno washed it. <laughs> they gyno washed one and two, a T one and T two, basically, yeah. and just wiped all of that out and replaced yeah. it. And yeah. I haven't seen it since. <laughs> I haven't heard nothing about yeah. Terminator. But they, but they had a Mary Sue kind of thing in there too. They introduced a female character we'd never seen before, who was a yeah. cyborg. Yeah, and the very first within t ten seconds of seeing her, she beats up a bunch of cops. Yeah, she's and then, she, 
And then she fights off the Terminator the whole movie. And, and so it just, it, it, yeah. it, I had the same response I had when I first saw Ray in, in, in the new Star Wars trilogy. It was like, well, who's a threat? I mean, why am I watching this if there's really no threat? Mm-hmm. When, I, when I remember growing up off of A New Hope, Darth Vader scared the hell out of me. Yeah. Because <laughs> you got the feeling that he, matter of fact, they didn't even put Luke in, in direct you know, confrontation with Darth in the first movie because there wouldn't have been a fight. Yeah. Nope. In this one, Ray is just throwing Tylo around, you know, the whole movie. And so I'm yeah. like, well, where is the threat? And that's what happened in Terminator. It was hard to get worried about anybody because the women mm-hmm. didn't need any help. And see, and how and see, one of my favorite Terminator movies is Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. The introduction of the T1000, but mm-hmm. it also showed a uh, a badass Sarah Connor, but it was after Mm-hmm. She actually went through something in the first one. It's not mm-hmm. like they just shoehorned her in and she was this badass kick-ass mm-hmm. character. Like she went through some stuff before well, getting to that point. And she was psychologically like traumatized. She was traumatized. Remember that? Yeah. You know what that's like? That's like the latest Halloween movie where you go back and you see the return of um uh, Mike Myers, Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtis, Curtis and Mike Myers, but Jamie Lee's character is psychologically traumatized decades mm-hmm. later. That was realistic as hell. Mm-hmm. I appreciated that. I mean, yeah. I like seeing characters that have been through something, have to rally, have to come together and figure something out. And then, you know, but just yeah. walking in and just throwing people around. And- Elite Battle Angel is more like a, a sexual anime for, for men, for boys. Sexual anime. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. She's a she's a cyborg, but the thing is, she's a sex she's a sex object. Mm. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I haven't. <laughs> I, I, I'd say that would go closer to Ghost in the Shell than a little battle angel. Ghost in the Shell was horrible. Even though, yeah, the thing is, is that if you look, if you look how little boys see or uh, oh, okay. boys look at. Uh, at, at sex symbols, she would fit it. Mm. Not- I noticed in the trailer for Alita Battle Angel, she when she saw the boy, she mm. look, you can look on her face and tell that she had some kind of instant sexual attraction yeah. to it. Yeah, she was attracted to the boy. That was the whole story. Yeah, it was for, it was for her, and she was she was interested in the boy. Yeah, the boy was yeah. more concerned with trying to get up to Zalem. Yeah, but. The girl was interested in him. So yeah, is basically chasing after this bad boy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. doesn't really care for her, but yeah. she's still trying to have a relationship with him. Yeah, yeah, which is normally what happens with 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 uh, uh, pubescent boys. They're not mm-hmm. really interested in her, but they have these little girls chasing around. That's so basically that that's uh, teen porn almost. Right. Uh, you know, I do I do want to say real quickly though about Star Wars, the latest one. There were two things that I liked. Okay. Two things that I liked. Oh, uh, okay. First, first, first real quick, I give props to, to them giving Chewie a medal. Okay. Uh, I was, Chewie never got his medal from New Hope. so He didn't get killed. Good. He, got his, he got his spaceship, though. Huh? I wish they he had kept his spaceship, though. <laughs> Well, that but that was the first. The second thing was how they had to handle Leia because you know we know the actress passed away. Right. Carrie Fisher. That was I wasn't sure how they were going to do that, and I will say they got a lot more footage recorded before she passed than I thought. Oh, they got tons of footage, man. They had to, they had to recut that those films so many times. Yeah, they, probably, they can probably make ten films out of it. 
I'll say from Rogue One to Good One to, to, to yeah, Rock Good One. You ain't shit, artist. Damn. Good ones. Good ones. Well, no, they did. They they did. They did pretty well with Leia, all considering. Yeah. You know? yeah. Because I wasn't sure if we were going to just see a CG Leia the whole movie or something, and they they didn't really do that. Yeah, Leia was outside the force bubble. You can tell that that it was cookie cutter. Yeah, you know because it was just so. I mean, she was saying the lines, and of course, they tailor made the script to fit around that. You know, cutting room floor footage, but you could tell it was. It didn't fit that they shoehorned it in, whether she, whether you know she was dead or not. It mm-hmm. just felt disjointed. I, I have never seen so many people survive uh, spaceship crashes in my life. <laughs> Does anybody die in a spaceship crash? Put on a plastic white suit. <laughs> you will die in the oh, Okay, okay. Crash. <laughs> Instead of the black people dying, if you're uh, if you're a, a trooper, you're gonna die automatically. Yeah, you, you like the red shirt from Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> Movie, you a Star Trooper? Damn, I'm gonna die. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm dead on page five. <laughs> short day, short scene, short scene. <laughs> I am. I really do want to. I want to hear people's reactions when they do see it, especially the the confrontation with Palpatine. Um, oh, yeah, there's some elements there. I want. I want to hear you guys' reactions too when you get a chance to see it. Yeah, yeah I watched. I watched so many spoiler rants about this. I feel like I practically watched the movie. Hey, mm-hmm. Tori, do you see, want my point, Tori? You shouldn't be watching all the damn spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't get. I don't get why you would bring Palpatine back. It just you know. Because it would be bad because it killed Snoke. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah but effortlessly. Yeah. Kylo Ren is not a good emperor, I guess. We know what? It's a flat lever, man. It's just a flat lever. You said it right there. Kylo Ren isn't. He's not evil enough to carry the film as the main villain. And in all honesty. If you actually would have written him correctly mm. from jump, yeah, okay, then you could have let Brian Johnson go ahead and kill everybody, yeah, and you could have made Kylo. If you have made Kylo beat the ever loving shit out of, I'll put it like this. Let me take it back. Look, uh, Mark Hamill had the perfect script for Episode Seven mm. to where you know, you know, something happens. With Han and Chewie and Leia come flying in and they get Luke and you know, and they're like, okay, let's go. You know, Mark Hamill had the script written in his head, like, yeah, we gotta save Han and save the galaxy. Yeah. And he got the script and was like, what is this bullshit? Yeah. And he actually, I mean, off the cuff of his head, he right. had a better idea. As a matter of fact, he said when he was uh he was reading the script and the part where he said when they were fighting on the planet and it was falling apart, the Death Star planet, yeah. it was falling apart. And he said he read the line where the, where the lightsaber flew pla- past Kylo Ren. He thought he was going to be the one to catch it. Mm-hmm. He showed up out of nowhere and was like, you know, let's battle. But he's like, Ray caught it? Yeah. Yeah. 
This is my biggest, biggest heartbreak with this, this, this series of movies that they Disney did. And I was skeptical on Disney, you know, buying this franchise, but I was willing to give them a shot on this. Even with Kathleen Kennedy, I mean, she like a Judas because she's been in George Lucas camp for a long time since that oh, first movie. Yeah. And this is just like just straight up, you know, 30 pieces of silver. And then, you know, you know like, but the main thing they could have done to go back to Dr. Tiasan's question earlier, they could have yeah. pulled on that extended universe just from the novels. Yeah. They, you, you know, it would have been, been, been better that if, if Kylo Ren killed uh, uh, Luke. Just like uh, Obi Wan died in the in the in New Hope, okay. He didn't even have to kill Luke. The whole the, for me, the drama in this series, even if you just take it from, um, um, La- or New Hope or whatever. Uh, right. I'm I'm forgetting what the hell this damn movies are called because I don't care that much. <laughs> <laughs> but even when they when they had their jump off movie and they introduced his character or whatever, yeah. Kylo is still the character in that movie that's more compelling. Right. Okay. Right. If you set up the three movies where with his conflict, yes, right. Ray's there, yes, Finn is there, but yeah. you know Luke is gonna have to come back and fight him. Yeah. That is more compelling than having this one female character all of a sudden be the most powerful force Jedi, every, 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 every in the universe. Yeah. What, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, is what, what is, just learned it last week. What, I mean, what, what I'm saying is, if you if because you, you wind up having uh, uh, Leia train her anyway, right? No, and that's that's. Uh, yeah. no, I'm saying, if you're gonna do that, <laughs> it, it get, make make Luke the uh, Obi Wan character, mm-hmm. okay? You know, on that planet where you have this big scene, this big lightsaber scene between him and Kylo Ren, okay? And he he's trying to let uh, uh he's trying to let Finn and and Ray escape, just like mm-hmm. uh. Like Obi Wan did in um, A New Hope, and he does the same thing. You know what? I, okay, you can strike me down, but they, would, I'll be more powerful. Right after that, no. and See, it's, it's the same words, and then have Leia train, uh, train her to be a, a Jedi. That makes yes. way more sense. Yeah, it more sense because I'm fine with Leia being being a Jedi because she's a Jedi in the books. She yeah. better. Luke, but she is a she is a very formidable Jedi, Jedi. in the books. Right. I'm fine with that. Her being a master and teaching Ray, okay, I can, I can roll with that too. Because yeah. in the books, she has Padawans. I believe she at least had one Padawan, and she yeah. had a master who trained her. And, but and, it was and, and, and her and her children, and her children, she trained and her children. Know. Yeah, right. So I I would be fine with that, but don't don't just you know just kill Luke and then swap her in. It's like look. Yeah. We have a new Jedi Master. It's a female. It's like, come on, man. Oh, yeah. it, it is. I would. He's killing every male character. I'm, I, I'm waiting to see if Lando die. He died. <laughs> no, no. He, he started. They started to kill him off, but they didn't. I wasn't opposed to Leia being a master. I just thought they should have introduced it earlier. They just kind of shoehorned it in. It looked like an afterthought. Mm-hmm. You know why? We, we, even though we know it happened in the books, they didn't really do a lot of pre- preparation for that in this trilogy. Well, they, 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 they shot. They shot it. They, uh, evidently, they shot it because she's dead. They shot her training her, but it's just, it's just to put it in. But that's because of Mary Poppins. 
No. <laughs> no, what I think, every I think that is they had to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mary Poppins scene, and then after um, Last Jedi, uh, Mark Hamill came out and he was flaming that movie. Yeah, yeah. Flaming that hardcore, and I think that was an editorial thing to just throw him the middle finger and Mm -hmm. say, "Okay, we'll just write you out of this shit. We'll see how you like that." Mm -hmm. (laughs) He said, "He said I got my money." (laughs) (laughs) Did did um, did y'all know that um, Disney Plus is doing an Obi Wan series? Oh yeah, they're actually actually getting the guy who played Obi Wan in the prequels to play him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You I, 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 would, I wouldn't mind seeing that. They, if, if they yeah, do the okay. same with the Mandalorian, it's, it, you, it's probably be a good series. Yeah, they'll make some money off of that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, if they if they're if they actually take the Mandalorian as a new direction, if it just becomes a one off, you know, we get more of what we already been getting. But I hope they follow the cues because the Mandalorian is introducing some stuff. One yeah, of my it, one of the funniest my, one of the funniest scenes in the Mandalorian, I think, was. Not this past episode, but two episodes ago, when that droid was about to kill Baby Yoda, and he put his hand out, and then all of a sudden, the Mandalorian shot and killed the droid, and he looked at his hand like he thought he did it. Yeah, he did. (laughs) Okay. I like, uh, it's two scenes I like that was in the same episode, where um, he told him he was going going to check out the planet, and he told him to stay right there, don't move. Uh, and the door opened up, and he was standing there looking at the light. Well, yep. that's cool. <laughs> oh man, nothing. And, nothing. They were fighting. He was fighting the chick, and then all of a sudden, you hear, "You look crazy." <laughs> <laughs> but 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 nothing beats seeing Baby Yoda go Sith Lord. That that was that was the thing when he when he actually oh, started choking homegirl. Yeah. yeah, I was yeah. like, "Oh snap!" Yeah, last episode, I was, I was juiced. I was like, "Oh, he choking her out!" Like, what's <laughs> yeah, <he's laughs> my daddy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for him to say, "Are you my daddy?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> daddy, like the little, like the little duck. <laughs> yeah, so, so, and what's so crazy is Baby Yoda is actually fifty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, they live to be years old. Yeah, the species, I guess. The beauty of the Mandalorian and the baby Yoda is that they bonded. Yeah, they bonded. I mean, Mandalorian look really is looking at this kid like that's his son, and baby Yoda is looking at him like, "Hey, this is my dad." Right. They say he he broke. He broke. And he broke the guild code, and he knows he did. Yeah. But he didn't. But he didn't care. Like you said, they bonded, and he was like, "I don't want to leave this kid here." And we just like just met. Like you can tell, he just has a connection. I'm not even going to lie. That episode when they went to that that land or whatever where they had to fight them, uh, whatever that was, and they mm-hmm. said, "You know, why don't we leave him here with us because he's bonding with the kids here?" And when he almost got assassinated, and then you had the uh, female. Um, is she a Mandalorian too, or is she just like a warrior? Yeah, and so when she came behind and killed him, and then they found out that he was trying to assassinate Baby Yoda, he was like, okay, we can't take him. I'm not even going to lie. I was one of the people like, yes, I'm so glad he was that he that um it was a threat to try to take him there so they can keep him going. Because I was like, don't just end it right here. He's become a fan favorite just that mm-hmm. quick. Right. Now that's not, it's not based on any source material, right? It's a whole new idea. Oh, yeah. Whole new idea. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Sister Warrior, 
you know what? <laughs> I don't know how, why you think it has digressed. I don't know what you're talking about. What is she talking about? I have no idea. See, the constructive aspect of the discussion has digressed. I have no idea what she's talking about. Aren't we supposed well, to be talking she, about she was earlier? We shouldn't watch. even be. We, why, why are we even drinking this poison by watching it? And I pointed out look, I teach. Mm. I, I got students, <laughs> I got my son. And if you are not aware of what they're digesting, mm. they're going to do it anyway, one. But two, they're not going to have any guidance on what it means. So I, I try to stay current so that I can sit down with my students and my son and have a competent dialogue about what they're ingesting. And what yeah. it means—that's exactly what I feel like. This can happen. Oh, mm-hmm. you bought something five years ago, but you know. Yeah, yeah I was, it was. Thing is, if you know we're discussing Watchmen and Star Wars, and you think it's garbage, why are you tuning in? I'm <laughs> curious. Because we're not talking. Because we're not talk, Because we're not talking about Real Housewives of Atlanta. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I interrupted you, Artisan, when you were responding to her, though. I'm sorry. No, I was just saying, you, you hit on something that I've, I've championed for a long time, is that you need to know what your kids are watching. Because mm. I'm, I'm a student of, not media, but I watch media and mm. social cues and how people are programmed, and it's usually through television and media. Mm-hmm. And I'm very conscious, when my kids were younger, obviously, they're, they're in their 20s now, but mm. what they were watching and watching it with them. And see what messages are being trying to be conveyed to these exactly. children because right. this is the adults that you're going to get, you yeah. know, within 20 years or so. These are yeah. the, going right. to be those adults, and you need to know what the hell is going into these kids' heads because you can't get in there and scoop it out. Well, okay? see, what I, <laughs> but the pushback I get is, oh, well, just don't let them watch it, which I think no. actually Sister Warrior said, and I'm like, that's not realistic. No, not in this day, not with all these devices, no, because my, my thinking is, I don't want victims. I don't want people victims, right? Mm-hmm. And if the best way to make people not victims, you either train them how to fight and understand what they're going up against. And mm-hmm. that's what, what it is with the kids. They have to know what it is that's out there. Yes. You can't wrap them in a bubble and mm-hmm. think they're going to be okay when they get grown and go out in the world and they don't know anything about it. That's, mm-hmm. that's ridiculous. You're sending them unarmed and naked. Absolutely. <laughs> which is why we got millennials well, see that's why we got a lot of millennials and aren't prepared to actually go out into the world exactly. like we got to bubble wrap all these kids yeah right yeah you know their feelings their their insecurities their their, their fragile minds it's like look kids ain't that that weak yeah okay adults are weak kids mm-hmm. go out there with their zeal like we can we can take it all we can mm-hmm. do this what's going on here adults are the ones no well you should be a little bit afraid and let me put this on you and let me get you a little band-aid for that. Look, man, the world <laughs> is rough. Grow some tougher skin. <laughs> get a callus or something. <laughs> right. And, and understand what's going out here so you don't have to be a victim of this stuff out mm-hmm. here. That's, that's yeah. the main thing. You got to know what's going on. Right. With my niece, she was housebound mm. because of her, her mother. Okay. And once they came to live with me, I started letting her go out and explore the world and, you know, and taking her out and letting her do things by herself and whatnot. I mean, I thought the first thing I thought it was self-defense, but then I mm-hmm. let her go out and doing things and, you know, let her have a boyfriend and date and everything. And I mean, teenagers, teenagers they're going to mess up, but it's how you react to the mess up 
mm-hmm. that helps determine on really how they deal with you going forward as far as trust and respect and communication. Mm-hmm. And instead of yelling, screaming, belittling, I have conversations. I don't talk at her or to her. I talk with her. Mm-hmm. I have conversations with her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like we have a deep, deep bond mm-hmm. that right now she done ghosted her mother. Mm-hmm. You know, she, done, she spent three years ghosting her dad because they don't know how to parent correctly. Mm-hmm. You understand? They don't know how to parent correctly. So I know things about her that they don't even know. I think the most I think the, the most shocking thing that happened was when her mother like said, well, you know, she's an introvert. I was like, this girl ain't no damn introvert. Like if you, you don't let her do But trust me, when you ain't here, she out in the streets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and she looked like what? And I mean it wasn't nothing she could say or do about it because it's too late. Mm-hmm. And you can see you know see the difference in in people male and female for that matter that have actually grown up around positive males who have been in their lives constructively there's a difference in how they carry themselves in the world yeah marked difference i will add to that a marked difference absolutely but you you got to be in it you got to be in the mix you got to you got to know what they're dealing with ask them questions dialogue take in what they're taking in and then help them through it yeah but, you know, just telling them don't don't watch that and you'll be fine. That doesn't work, Mm-mm. especially work. nowadays with social media. No, no, no. no. I mean, that, those are the funniest conversations I have with my children. My son, I have a son and I have a daughter. Is about the stuff that they actually go through, and they're always amazed. My daughter tells me this more so because you know she's in college and dealing with other people, and she talks about stuff that she's seen or talked about with her dad and. and her classmates and stuff were like shocked. Like you, you talk that way with your father. I'm like yeah, because I didn't raise her like a damn child. Mm-hmm. You know, she's growing up to be an adult. You know, she's not growing up to be a child. Mm-hmm. So yeah. she, got, she got to be able to talk with me. So when yes. we get into it, we get into it because we have discussions about things that get passionate. Mm-hmm. Not because she did something stupid and I'm just coming down on her about doing something stupid. You gonna mess up. You better do it while you're young because you don't get <laughs> she messes when you get old. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. You know, so me and her have these kind of discussions that are, are can be completely analytical or can be about her feelings or whatever, mm-hmm. but always invested in each other because she knows I'm there for her. And mm-hmm. that's why we have that relationship where we can actually talk about these things and yeah. not just well, I can't I can't talk to dad. He don't understand this. He he wouldn't understand. Shit, tell me. Let, make exactly. me understand. Mm-hmm. And if you understand the purpose of, of, of media, you understand why you need to be involved with talking to these you people. Need you need to. It's because not just entertainment. They'll throw... I, I tell people this all the time. Go back and watch some of the shows that you watched when you were a kid mm-hmm. and go see what, the, what they were throwing out at you and see if it was appropriate for you to be watching now. Mm-hmm. Because you see all kind of stuff thrown in the media like that that they were throwing at these kids early, even my generation. I'm a Gen Xer. We got all kind of shit thrown thrown at us. That's why gay people on TV ain't a surprise to us. It's like, okay. I remember Maude way back in like, (laughs) whatever. You said Maude, damn. Yeah. You you had to be very small. Oh, man. (laughs) Maude. 
Maude, Booze and Buddies. It was yes. a whole bunch of shows that I remember seeing when I was yes. young that mm-hmm. like, they don't necessarily seem right, but whatever. But but you get older, you think that's cross dressing men. What's that? There's a couple episodes of Good Times I can't conceive of them making in 2019. Oh, really? It'd be too much backlash. Yes. Basically, anything, any episode with James Evans. So, anything from season one. (laughs) You got that strong daddy in there? Oh, no, you can't do that. He's abusive. (laughs) You're talking harsh. You don't care about them people's feelings and they self esteem. (laughs) Oh, 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 don't forget this one toxic masculinity. Yeah, yeah. Look, look, I, I know there's a definition for toxic masculinity. My definition is right now it could be terminated through. This last Terminator movie could be toxic masculinity. Mm. That woman running around kicking kicking Terminator's ass, and she a chick that looked halfway like a dude. Yep. That's toxic masculinity right there. She looked like Macaulay Culkin. Tori, <laughs> <laughs> right. you already know what you are, dude. But I'll say it again: you ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's messed up. I can't look at the poster ever again now. I'm just keep saying home alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you just, Tori, I think you just flamed that, that movie into non-existence, dude, with that one. <laughs> it needed to be. It was it horrible. To be. Thank you. I think what was so sad about that whole thing was they tried to bring, oh, well, not tried to, but they brought back Sarah Connor, an iconic character into the movie in hopes that that would save it. Because see, they were doing that to pull people in on nostalgia purposes, bring her back in. Especially since we haven't seen Linda Hamilton in anything lately. So they brought her back into this in hopes that people would go see it, and it still didn't work. Mm-hmm. Well, and they turned the Terminator into a nanny. So that was his, he was a stepfather. Yeah. Oh. Any kind of thing. It, oh yeah, you got to soften the image. You know, you know, he's cow. <laughs> I was surprised he wasn't cooking waffles. <laughs> that is exactly why. That is it. This is exactly why we appreciate. This is exactly why we appreciate the John Wick movies. You have an alpha yeah. male. Yes. Yes. I wouldn't sure he's alpha, but he's just doing some male shit and not apologizing about it. <laughs> But but not apologizing is something we don't really get to see a whole lot of. That's the just being able to just do it. Mm-hmm. And know. what I like too is that in y'all, y'all saw John Wick Chapter Three, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so even in that movie, in that, that small scene where he and Halle Berry were fighting alongside each other, not one time in that movie did she try to upstage him in that scene. That no, whole scene, that yeah. whole scene right there, was them working together. They worked together, and she had her own style, and he had his style. And she but was the dogs, though, oh my god, oh, that was rough. That's some rough business, dude. That I didn't dig the fact business. that she she shot him the first minute she was in the scene. I was just like, all right, we get it. You're tough, all right, but but short of that, you know, yeah, you know what that is, Tiasan. That's that establishing. <laughs> it, it's just I'm you like, have to establish that she's tough. It's Holly Berry. She's right, <laughs> all 110 pounds. But it, but I will say this though. I posted up, uh, I think about a week ago, about a a father Mm. who apparently killed the man who had broken into his, uh, uh, I guess his daughter was in a public bathroom. 
I talked about that. Yeah, he busted into the stall, and the father came and 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 protected her, and he went to jail. You remember how much time he got, Tari? Eight years. Eight years. What? Eight yeah. years. Protected his daughter. Protected his daughter. Yeah, because there was a guy that he. I think they was in a restaurant or something like that. It was a public place. And the daughter went into the restroom and some guy like literally following her in there. And that's suspicion alone, like a guy going into a woman's restroom. Exactly. And he went in behind that man and he beat him to death, like with yes. his bare hands and feet. Mm-hmm. And he got eight years in prison for that. Well, at least I know how much time. What what city, what uh, state was he in? Was uh, it Arizona? Yeah, I posted the article, but I didn't remember where. But I'm just saying. His name is Melvin Harris. Thank you. Damn. So he was black. So what happens when you have? And the thing is, and to get this, the guy who went in the bathroom was black himself. His name was Leon Covington. Wow. Yeah. But 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 just being unapologetic about protecting your child for Mm -hmm. a man is for a woman it's acceptable, Mm -hmm. but for a man it's 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 considered a problem. It's considered toxic masculinity. You know, and, and the only caveat is he was protecting a little girl or a young girl, so there may be some room there. But that kind of unapologetic masculinity we're talking about—that—that's what produces that kind of a father. That's what produces. And that what I also hate is the fact that when you hear the trope that black dads are deadbeats, then you look at this situation right here. I said this was a guy that was protecting his daughter from being violated by some perv. Right. right. Can we back it up a second? That's what Trayvon Martin's father was supposed to have done the second he found out what happened to his kid. They, old, oh, oh, trust and believe. They told me uh, they they went they went to the homeboy's house and looked for him. He didn't go home. He went out of the country. Okay. Oh, they oh they had twenty guys at his house knocking on his wife's door. Said, "Where's he at?" But he, I, I, he, 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 huh? somebody in that house would have paid that fucking night. Well, you live the life, I'm taking the life. Somebody gonna die. Somebody was, gonna die. I ain't, I ain't got no problems going to jail, but somebody gonna fucking die. Ain't nobody getting away with this. You mm. better hope the courts catch you before I do. Oh, you getting off? You getting out? I'll have said to him, I see you in the streets, yeah. motherfucker. Now they had to uh, let you go. I will see you soon. Because because they had they had they had to recall him because he, he was he in Panama or someplace like that. He they they his his folks sent him out of the country the next day. Mm. Yeah. They had to bring him back to actually send him to trial because he wasn't in the country. The simple fact that people are saying, Well, Zimmerman's still alive, that's that's on Trayvon Martin's father. Mm-hmm. I get it that it's on us too, but the main person that's supposed to be handling this mm-hmm. is Mr. Martin. Mm-hmm. That is his sole responsibility. Ain't no way in fucking hell you gonna kill my kid on some kid yeah. tell all type of lies, and you think I'm just gonna let you walk the streets and breathe air? Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, and also too, I gotta <laughs> add the state should the state should the state of Florida should have been dealt with George Zimmerman before it got to that point because. His record before that whole thing happened, he should have been locked up. Well, you know, his father's that was father. Well, his father's a judge. Yeah. Right. Uh, and you know what? That, absolute, that would mean absolutely nothing to me. You killed my kid. You mm-hmm. killed my kid. I'm, either either I'm getting to you or I'm getting to somebody you love. I'm getting to a few people. I'm getting, I'm going to pull a Christopher Dorner on your ass. Mm-hmm. 
I'm getting the, I'm getting the people you love. I ain't got no problems going to jail. And if I get murdered in the process, that's fine. But motherfucker, you gonna feel my pain. Eclectic Tyrone's uh uh I'm sorry. He said you you mean you wouldn't have hugged him in cup in court? Can I give her a hug? Why yes, go ahead. <laughs> That's right. Hug my forearms. Speak <laughs> out in the spirit of love. <laughs> oh my goodness! Absolutely. Woo. Is there anything about to come out worth seeing? Has anybody seen anything that looks like? Um, it? I got uh um bad boys for life. When is that? When is that? Coming out? <laughs> That's coming out, I think, next month. It comes out in January. Well, next oh, month. Bad, bad Boys is January? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Else is coming out. No. What is it? Oh, I would actually like to go. I actually looked at new movie that um that John David Washington is going to be in called Tenet. That new yeah. Christopher Nolan movie. That looks like that's going to be interesting. I guess yeah, I that's, that's, that's the one I was thinking of, Tori. Was that. Somebody, I wasn't, I wasn't somebody, real clear what that was about. Somebody says Twenty One Bridges. Has anybody seen it? I didn't oh, see Bridges. I heard yes. about it. But I didn't see it. That's the, that's the other one too. That it, that's um, uh, Black Panther. The dude that plays Black Panther is, and I'm forgetting his name right now. Mm-hmm. But he's supposed to be like a detective or something. And they sh- they looking for a, a cop killer or something like that, in like New York, and they shut down the bridges and oh, start okay. going house to house. So was it was it good? Uh, I think it's supposed to be. I think it's out now. Yeah, I think it's out. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, Eclectic. I haven't seen that one yet. Eclectic. Was it any good? Let me see what. I... I'm trying to think. Um, you got um, just mercy. huh? Just mercy. Oh, um, also, uh, uh, they just released the teaser for a Quiet Place too. What? Really? Yeah. Okay. Really. Okay. I actually, I actually like the first one. Yeah, I like the first one too. I've yeah. never seen so many people nervous in a movie theater in my life. I was so, listen, I was so quiet. I was so quiet. Everybody in that when I went to go see, everybody was quiet the entire time. Even the parts where people should have jumped, no one really made any noise. Like it felt like we was actually in the movie. It's like it had a psychological effect on us. Like okay, everything's quiet in this movie. We're gonna be quiet. And that, once they, that, once they that, killed that, that little five year old kid, I was like, "Oh, y'all ain't playing." Okay. Oh yeah, and he was the first kill. Yeah, yeah. When that toy went off, we kind of like, "Oh, like that's how we was like that's how we was when we was watching it." Anybody seen it, Slim? No, don't want to see it either. Okay, well, Doctor uh, Doctor Josh, you actually did you actually review Queen and Slim? I did a short review on Facebook on Queen and Slim, and it was I I thought it was all kind of problematic. I mean, for the <laughs> most part, did anybody else on the panel see it? I did not oh, see it. I did not see no movies. Yet. The only thing I did <laughs> is uh, you know, brothers didn't have anything to do with the writing on that movie at all. It really didn't. Um, <laughs> it was the Tyler Perry movie, in, 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 in almost, huh? It was, yeah. I mean, she, you know, the, so you had this black couple, and they're supposed to be the Bonnie and Clyde kind of thing, and mm-hmm. you know, but she instigates this confrontation with a cop, mm-hmm. and she gets shot. You know, matter of fact, there's two points in the movie where, in front of cops, she's the one to get shot. 
you know, and not really him. And there's mm-hmm. so I did a short review on Facebook of it, but the, you know, the problem for me watching it is I'm like, statistically speaking, you got about 10, well, it's about eight to 20 women, black women in particular that die at the hands of cops per year. Mm-hmm. You got about two to 300 black men that die. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, I'm kind of like, if you got a black male and female together dealing with a cop, she's not the one that's going to get shot. No, the brother getting shot. He was, and 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 you know, spoilers. You ain't seen it by now. I'm just going to ruin it. So by the end, when when they're standing up, be you know, being confronted by this wave of blue police officers, they shoot her first, and then they light into him. He gets shot like 20 times. But the thing about it. The theater was dead quiet when he got shot. Mm-hmm. When she got shot, everybody gasped and was like, oh, my God. Like it was. But when he got shot, folks were just like, OK, OK. Yeah, so it was an interesting dynamic to kind of see how people were were comfortable in a way mm-hmm. with seeing black males being treated a certain way. But but it it's, all, it's all part of the plan. They lose their minds. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I Introduce saw a little anarchy. <laughs> the first time I saw something like that and really got that idea that people, the audience or whatever, does not really care or Hollywood about black men getting killed was in um, Kick Ass, the first Kick Ass. And they're showing Hit Girl, and Hit Girl goes into this drug house and is full of fucking brothers, and she starts just really just ripping into these dudes like gruesomely. And I'm like, nobody mm-hmm. in the theater, nobody cares. gets shocked by any of this. Mm-hmm. None of them are shocked. They were shocked the minute the minute before when they showed Nicolas Cage as her father shoot her with a right with a pistol. Mm-hmm. They they gasped the same way, like, oh god, she got shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now. She in this house with like fifteen dudes, and she cutting arms off and legs yeah. and stopping them and stuff, and ain't nobody said shit. Yeah, <laughs> like okay, so it's okay. This is okay now, right? Oh, okay. Right. And the, ev- the evolution of that is the new kick ass. From what I could tell, is a black woman in the comics. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Have you been following that one, Artisan? Yeah, I've seen that 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 she's a, she's the new kick ass, and Hit Girl's off doing her own own little thing. It's like okay, so whatever, but. Just just judging by comic books and covers, everything is going female. Every female character to make a new one, they pushing it up. It's either going to be female or it's going to be Asian. That's mm-hmm. it. That's what they're pushing in the comic the comic books really oh, yeah. hard now. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's it. So yeah, why the comic book industry is dying? <laughs> the comic book well, industry is dying because people don't fucking read. But it's also the comics that they've been coming out with the last few years have been real gynocentric. I mean, with this, the thing with the comics, with the comic books, you have to remember this they're always trying to catch the audience. Mm. And in a growing world where people do not use paper, paper is evil, paper is bad. and, Mm. And why should I buy it when I can download it digitally? I said, because you don't own shit, actually. No. <laughs> you know, mm. I'm a I'm an old paper and ink person. You know, I like books. I like having books. I like the feel of paper and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. In this medium where people are don't want to buy anything, they want it cheap and free and easy. Comics have to adapt to their times, and comics are always a statement of their time frame that they're in. So they're always trying to catch their audience where their audience is. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what they think their audience is now. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is the audience that they do think is there, and that's what they need. Yeah. Now, some of it is true, mm-hmm. and some of it is not. It's not as big as they think it is, but they're going to throw you know, their whole hat in the ring and try to catch those people because they want to stay alive and viable just like everything else. So yeah, they're going to grab un- those people. Untapped penis envy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm serious. Untapped penis envy. So they made so they made Wolverine a woman, Thor a woman. Uh, well, this is the thing with the Wolverine thing. There's two things happening with the Wolverine thing. One, Laura Kenny was around for a while. Okay, I remember her. she was yeah. there. But also, what was happening? The reason why they made her Wolverine is because Disney was was trying to pressure Fox. Mm-hmm. And that's why they killed a bunch of those X-Men characters mm-hmm. and the Fantastic Four. They were trying to pressure Fox and starve them out so they would have to come to the table and deal with them. Because they, they were Wolverine all together for a while. They, they mm-hmm. killed Wolverine all together. Let her be the new Wolverine for a while because she is his genetic clone. Mm-hmm. So it's basically him anyway. So it's not that big of a deal. Laura Kenny is an all right character. She ain't the best character, but she ain't a Mary Sue. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you got her in there. You dealing with Fox, kill off all the Fox characters, and now you ain't got to write anything for them, and they ain't mm-hmm. got no material to sell their movies off of. So now they got to come to the table. Because mm-hmm. once once that deal went through with Disney, Wolverine is back, the X-Men are back and better than ever, Fantastic Four is back, and everybody's jazzed about them coming into the MCU. But that was a business move that the comic book industry was doing to get the movie people to come to the damn table with their cup in their hand. <laughs> you know, they passed it. <laughs> they did the same with Iron Man. So so the comic book industry is suffering, and I think a lot of it has to do with that. Do you think that's going to affect the films, especially Marvel's next slate of films that are going to be very female-centered? Do you think that's yes. going to affect that? Yes, and I'll tell you why. I, I did a um, review on this, or I did a shop talk on this because me and my uh, co-worker were talking about this with Kevin Feige stepping in and taking over everything in marvel he's he's the head of comic books and movies and all that and mm-hmm. that's troublesome to me because i don't think you'll have the same kind of comics produced yeah as you will if so a studio head for a movie company you can see this with D, with uh dc and warner brothers the studio mm-hmm. head does not look at comics the same way yeah. As a comic book person looks at a movie, they they don't. Yes, it's the same characters, it's the same thing, but they see things completely different because they're playing to different audiences. Mm. You're hoping that you get that crossover, but it's a, a different set of considerations. A two-hour movie has a different set of story considerations than a twelve-issue, one-year story arc has. Mm-hmm. Freaking different. And mm-hmm. if you have one person who's a studio head deciding what gets made in comic continuity. Basically, you just crapped on the source. The source is now choked off. You're not going to have any real super creative ideas coming out because the studio head is thinking of how he could fit this into a movie and not how do you make a good comic book and sell this to readers that you could maybe make a movie out of later on. And there's a bunch of stories that would, in my mind, never even be made if there was a studio head sitting over over the table at Marvel in the bullpen and saying, no, we can't, we can't do that, that Phoenix story. You know, we can't do that civil war or secret wars. We can't do that. That's too big because the budget on that movie would be astronomical. We can't, we can never do that. So it, it, it it basically limits the story making process, which is the problem in comics right now. You have a lot of these new 
new writers pushing their agendas, pseudo woke or whatever the fuck they want to call themselves. Right, right. They have no creative energy. They they are not creative at all. All they know how to do is come in, gyno wash something, re reskin something, push mm. the narrative for the new media. That's it. They're not making any real creative stories. That's why you see stories like House of X or or anything like that that comes out. There are scatters of writers who actually still do creative work, mm -hmm. but it's not all of them. Most of them that are right now are producing this dread that they're calling a comic book right now. Mm. Saying the industry is suffering because comics aren't selling. Comics mm. are selling because you have shitty writers. Mm -hmm. That's why. That's exactly why they're not selling. A comic book reader, like you say, you've been reading comics for 40 years, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a little older than you. I've been reading the comics a long time. I can tell you the writers that I think of ain't none of these new people. Right. No, not a one of them has written a story that I can say this, oh, that, that was amazing. No, mm -hmm. they're not because they're pushing narratives. They're not even being creative. And that's my biggest gripe with millennials and whoever these, this group of, of Yetzes is, is that where does your creativity come from? Where is yeah. it? Where, well, where's yeah. original ideas? Well, the, I'm way not I, the way I see it, though, again, they're marketing to an audience that they haven't even talked to because, again, Men aren't the only ones that are checking out of some of this. A lot of women are not going to see the stuff that we get tailored to. But BGS, you just engaged somebody about Black Lightning. And I'll be honest, I stopped right. watching after a couple episodes of the first season. Yeah. So, break. can you break down what you what, what's going on with that? Oh, when they, uh, one is, uh, he's supposed to be a family man with, with uh, a wife and daughters. And basically, you have the same old gynocentric stuff where uh, basically, the women tell him what to do. Yeah, you know, push him around. Even the daughters or yeah. tell him what to do. And then you have this uh, the daughter who becomes a a a superhero herself is a lesbian. Mm, okay. So a lot you have a lot you have a lot of this LGBTQ, but that's you know on the on the on that network you have a lot of that. That's like oh. the the new bat bat woman is going down a tank. Oh, oh I couldn't. Please don't bring that up. Because I remember when they first—I remember when they first put the trailer out there. That had to be one of the most disliked trailers for any CW show, like on that, on that, uh, for that network. Like the stuff that she was saying, I'm like, how are you gonna say all this stuff? But you using Bruce Wayne's tech to build your suit, and he's your cousin. Like the disrespect. Well, yeah. I, I just saw on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> I just saw on YouTube the clip where, you know, the crisis clip where she um she was she was fighting Bruce Wayne with the body cat the body of brace on. Yeah. yeah. And Come, she, she kicked him once and he died and I was just like, all right, all right. <laughs> I, can't, yeah, I, heard, I, can't. I heard about that. I heard about that. That pissed me off because they had Kevin Conroy actually play in Kingdom Come Kingdom Bruce Wayne, which, yes. which is it's older Bruce Wayne, yes, but he's badass. But they made him kind of evil, and then she took him out. I'm like, okay, I guess that's one part of this I didn't need to see because they had been hyping this up for months that the crisis, the crisis, something right. like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could be jazzed for this. And then I saw some of the stuff coming out of us. Like, this is artisan. The only thing that was a crisis was how bad it was. That's a crisis. <laughs> one <laughs> kick, artisan. One kick. Come on, man. 
And and that was a big deal because Kevin Conroy has been the most, really one of the most honored Batman ever. He's the voice. Yeah, he's, that he's voice the, is like iconic. Like in the animated yeah. series, like he has like the voice of Bruce Wayne. And then you know they had him in some of the Arkham games. Like that voice is very recognizable. Couple him up with uh, Mark Hamill as the Joker, which shocked oh, yeah. me a year, a few years ago when I found out he. I was like, hold on, Luke Skywalker is the Joker. I said he is good. <laughs> right. Right. Kevin right. Conway is the voice of Batman. That's that's just it. Just like Mark Hamill is the voice of Joker. That's exactly. it's it's there. You can do you can put anybody else in there you want to, but they always don't reference. He don't sound like Kevin Conway. Exactly. He don't sound like, he don't sound like Mark I, Hamill. The animated series for Batman back in the nineties was, in my opinion, one of the perfect cartoon series ever from beginning to end. Mm. Like you from where it started to where it ended. And for me, like that in X Men. Those mm-hmm. two right there were my go-to mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing with with Bruce Timms and the uh, Batman the animated series. Just getting back to the creative idea part. This this is somebody who had a creative idea and loved this material, and that's what you're not seeing a lot in comics now and movies now. A lot of this stuff is not being produced by people who love this material at all. They don't give a shit about this material. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they keep putting out such crap. All the material that comes out and and what you can do. Right. It's popular. It'll Mm -hmm. get eyes on it. So they'll use it to push whatever narrative they want because they cannot create their own characters that Mm -hmm. people would be interested in. I mean, a perfect example would be freaking Deadpool. Deadpool has been around since what, 88, 89? Mm-hmm. It took this long for people to know who the hell Deadpool was, right? Mm-hmm. Well, nobody right. in the alphabet community wants to invest 15 years or 20 mm-hmm. years into mm-hmm. making a character and making it successful. They don't want to wait that long. Mm-hmm. So that's why they'll take any established character that somebody knows and somebody likes and shove the, shove their you know puppet hand up his butt and start making it speak their lives and say, oh, they didn't like it because they're against this stuff. No, we didn't like it because it's crap. It, it just, wasn't well well done. Absolutely. I'll admit that I didn't know who I didn't, I'll admit, I didn't know who Deadpool was until I started to see like images of him and like uh like in like footage of him and I was like, oh like he looks like a very interesting character. And I said I think I'll go and check it out. And I ended up loving it. Like this is like a whole new person because this is a person that didn't have a cartoon. I didn't read any oh, comics oh. based on him. You know, it was like, but it was like Deadpool and like Guardians of the Galaxy. Like you mm. didn't know who they were, but they ended up becoming very uh, like a lot of people ended up loving them as a group. So mm. it's like, like it's certain ones that weren't like you said, artists and like they weren't pushed out there for mainstream. I guess you can say approval. Mm-hmm. Because they had they had their favorites like like Batman, X Men, Superman, yeah. to an extent Wonder Woman and everything like that. That's that has been um, that's kind of the recipe at least for Marvel. Mm-hmm. And success for some movies is the less people know about the character, the more they can get away with altering the stories and stuff right, like that right, to right. suit the audience. Like Captain because, Marvel. Like yeah, like Captain All Marvel. Members. Guardians is the best example of that, actually, because Guardians, the Guardians you see in the movie ain't shit like the Guardians from the comic book. Mm-hmm. Nothing whatsoever. Star-Lord mm-hmm. ain't comical. He is not comical. Mm-hmm. Gamora and Drax are not no damn pushover. Drax is not a dummy. Drax mm-hmm. is made to go after Thanos. 
He is he is made. He's called the destroyer because his job is that he's created to kill Thanos. That's his mm-hmm. damn job. He is not no pushover. He like Hulk level strong and can fight. Okay, mm-hmm. not just, just swing heavy blows. Okay, mm-hmm. none of the people on that team are slouches. Groot don't just say Groot. He yeah he can say that, but he ain't dumb either. You know, but what you got when they because nobody really knew those characters that much. Mm-hmm. They were, James Gunn was able to go in and craft the characters the way he wanted to for this genre and for this audience, and it really hit with this audience because you have these kind of goofy dudes or whatever, and this kind of strong stand-up heart of the team, Zaldana Gamora, who ain't nothing right. like real Gamora in the comic books. Mm. It's a straight-up killer, <laughs> you know, no heart and soul there. You mm, know, it's like they, they're gonna do the same. They're gonna do the same thing with the Eternals because no one knows who they are. They're uh, gonna try, but they need the. They need. They're gonna try, and here's here's how you know they're gonna try really hard because Angelina Jolie wants to be a part of that damn movie. She uh, is. How hard they're gonna try? They want her to. She wants a part of that movie, and as far as I'm concerned, they can come and they can go. I just want to see how they use this external stuff. To yeah, because they're, because they're because they're gods, right? Yeah, no, they're, they're godlike, they're like celestial. Yeah, think of them as proto humans. They they're going to be the impetus for mutants. Where mutants come from, they have to be because that's that's where you get mutants out of that whole external story. That the the yeah. mutated DNA comes from this externals line, right? You get the devious and the externals. And then the deviants lead on to being mutants and all this other stuff. So you need the externals to establish how mutants will fit into this MCU universe. I don't see them doing a bunch of externals movies. I see them doing one just to establish the rest of the stuff you so they can, can move on with. You mean you know, to introduce X-Men? Yes. Yeah, need to introduce the X-Men. The X-Men are offshoots of what what Thanos is. Thanos' line, I think, comes from the externals line. The mutant line comes from the deviant line. And basically, you got a Celestials coming to Earth and messing with the genetics, mm-hmm. and they produce two sets of, of beings on Earth, which were these externals that were godlike, just because they're white folks and they could fly and stuff like that. And then you got these deviants who look like the Morlocks from H.G. Wells and stuff like that, which, you know, think the Hulk, mutants, those kind of people have this deviant strain, okay? Mm-hmm. So basically, in comic books, at least in Marvel comic books, a lot of different people when came to Earth and screwed around with the DNA of the, the, the beings that were there beforehand, yeah. thousands of years ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. So because of that, a lot of human beings walking around today have a lot of latent right. DNA or stuff yeah. inside of them. Mutation and mutants are just one of those dormant sets of genes that popped up and, and opened up. And so by you establishing the externals, you get to get that genetic link of how mutants can exist in this universe, right. in right. the MCU universe, because they need that. Otherwise, you just can't show up one day and there's X-Men running around and mutants. Because well, with all that's already happening, that's going to be hard to kind of explain. Exactly. That's why they need the externals to kind of explain that. Mm-hmm. I think I, I think phase four of the MCU is going to be that filler phase, and then they're going to rev it up with phase five. You're right. 
Yeah, yeah they, they said that. Kevin Feige has said that, but I think it's more so like uh, BGS has talked about many a times on this, this finance in 2020. Everything is scaling back. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to do a lot of big movies. They'll say it's for all the, these other reasons. Basically, they try to save some money on that shit. So that's oh, yeah, why. Most, see what they're see what they're what they're doing is, and I, and this is why I say that daggone mouse and its pockets are so deep. Mm. So basically, what they're doing is instead of coming out with a whole bunch of movies, they're combining the films and the Disney Plus shows into yeah. the MCU, and they're connecting them yeah. to make you watch. The shows they say, oh, they're connected to the MCU, so you can go and watch Black Widow, mm. and then they're coming out with the Eternals. They're only coming out with two movies next year, but then they'll incorporate like the Falcon and Winter Soldier. They're gonna make you watch that because they like, okay, it's gonna be connected to the MCU somehow, so I gotta watch yes. and see where they go with this. Then they're gonna right. come out with WandaVision, which we found that it's gonna be connected to the next Doctor Strange movie. Right. That's so you gotta have to watch that. True. So, so it's like they're combining the shows with the films, and it's probably going to all come together uh, eventually. But like the reason why I say I can't wait for Phase Five is because I know under that phase we're going to get Black Panther two, hmm. Blade, and most likely Fantastic Four, and probably X Men. At least under that phase. Tell me this: Do you, do you think the Avengers will be mostly female? Yes. They hinted at it at the end of Endgame. Yeah, yeah, that was with the A Force. Isn't Spider Man leading the Avengers now? Mm. No, it's supposed to be Cap Carl Manvers. I thought they pa- I thought t- Tony Stark's passed the uh, mantle off onto him. They did. The, the thing <laughs> about him was that this is why they they fought so hard to get Spider Man back was because. Like, do understand that Captain Marvel was forced on Kevin Kevin Feige. He never wanted to introduce that character. Really? Oh, bullshit. <laughs> that that seemed like a flagship for their philosophy. So he, he, wanted, he wanted that. Kevin Feige is on the on the feminist bandwagon. She was the most powerful character in the Marvel universe. So yeah, he, I don't think it. she's more powerful than Scarlet Witch. He would have probably have started off with her. He either hit her early. Because that movie was shoehorned in. The character was shoehorned in right when the series was concluding. And do you see a Captain Marvel movie coming out within the next couple of years? Is it on? Well, it's on the slate. It's on the slate. slate, But if they'd have started with that, it wouldn't have developed. When is it on the slate? What year? It's in phase four. The last I heard, though, was that they were thinking they're trying to see what they can do with Brie Larson and possibly recasting her. So because, they want to get rid of her. Yes. Right. Because be from, from, what be I'm, from what I'm understanding, because she didn't test well, because mm-hmm. they had to do the little box office trickery, all right, for mm-hmm. her movie and mm-hmm. how how people reacted to her in Endgame, they couldn't go forward with her being the 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 yes. new face. Of the Marvel of the MCU, so right. like screw it, we might as well let the most popular character of well, yeah, the most popular character in Marvel be the new face of the MCU, which is of course Spider Man. That's the face of Marvel Comics with um with uh Sony, mm-hmm. but Sony Sony didn't bite; they bought. It was like, and we can take Tom Holland with us too. 
but they went back to the table. They they wound up bending the knee. So they got uh, Spider-Man for what? Four more movies? Yeah. Four more movies. So therefore, you can go ahead and try to find somebody else to pick up the mantle. But right now, it's being passed to Peter Parker. But you've got to find somebody else to pick up that mantle. You understand? And more than likely, I think they're probably going to push all of the old heroes to the back while they mainly focus on X-Men and Fantastic Four. Mm. Okay, because Tony's dead. Tony was the MCU. Tony and Cap were the MCU. You know, Thor didn't finally come around to being a likable character until what? Uh, Avengers 3? Mm-hmm. And this was before uh, uh, Thor three, but it was I think it was what was what was Avengers three? No, that was Angel Ultron. No, Angel when he started when people started liking him a little bit because he started showing his human side. Yeah, that was after his his second movie after Dark World. Dark World came out after um, Guardians, and Thor got that Guardians remake after that. So mm-hmm. Thor got a little bit lighter. Right. That's why three, they went too hard on it. Oh my it God. Just was like, come no on. Crap. You know, well, they're, they're they're double, on. But they're doubling down on Thor three with this, uh, with four. Oh, yeah. And they're they, doubling down on that whole approach. And not only they, with Foster, but we saw that with, um, uh, what is the Valkyrie in, the, in, in Ragnarok? I mean, yeah. she was yeah. throwing Hulk around wrestling. I'm like, really? Yeah, but no, nah. That's, that's not how that works. But okay, whatever. <laughs> whatever. But you know, <laughs> you know, show movie. You do what you want to. <laughs> they realize that they can't move forward with Captain Marvel the way that Disney wanted him to move forward with Captain Marvel. It's just not going to work. They would mm-hmm. lose money. They mm-hmm. would lose money. So they have to find a new replacement. And I, I think that's. I think the Fantastic Four. Is probably going to want Fantastic Four and X Men's Wolverine if they do him right, or if they do it right, will wind up leading the charge. And well, they'll push uh, the- I, I think at least for Marvel Studios and the MCU, they have to stick with the Avengers being the centerpiece for the title. Yes, they need they need a face for Marvel in the MCU. And Spider-Man is it because Spider-Man is the face of Marvel Comics. But because they've had to do so much maneuvering and trying to push Captain Marvel up there and, and you know, the stuff with Sony, I see them trying to stick with the Avengers, but get people to bite and buy off on the revolving cast of the Avengers, just like it is in the comic books that you have to introduce some new people. I don't see them fronting that movie with anybody. I don't even see them fronting it with Tom Holland. He, he's all right, but I don't see them fronting an Avengers movie with Tom Holland. That's not going to yeah. be the case. You're going to have to bring in somebody else and another character that people want to see because I know they're not going to front it with the Black Panther, which would make sense, but they're not going to... I don't see them doing that. I don't see them doing that. They're going to have to try with some somebody else. I can, see, I, I can see Panther becoming an Avenger. I can oh. see Panther becoming an Avenger, but they've been hinting at Shuri, and we already know what they did in the comics. So yeah, Panther don't even female. 
Tony's daughter is they, they're hinting at, so they're either probably gonna go. You know with, I don't even think they're gonna go with Riri. I think they're gonna go with Tony's daughter and with Jane Foster. So I'm thinking the Avengers in the next phases is gonna be radically different. It's gonna be, you know, and you know what? You know, a good way to introduce the X Men is through Black Panther and have Storm be in it. And they no, are, no. Storm is gonna be coming in. But I, I do need to say, um, I was going to go. The most I can do tonight is three hours, and we're hitting it. Um, so I am going to have to to go, fellas. But I want to particularly thank BGS. Thank you, BGS. He, he made this promise to do this show before, you know, I think even before he knew that he mm -hmm. was going to step off YouTube. So he kept his promise. But beyond that, I just needed to hear the brother's voice again. I, I, I needed my BGS fix. So I, I want to thank him for doing this, man. Saturday BGS fix. Thank you, Doctor T, <laughs> for uh, convincing him to to come off of Dagobah and come, <laughs> <laughs> to come out. <laughs> the force amongst us. But hey, what hubris have you? <laughs> you know, Black you desire. <laughs> <laughs> But I think I think I think the brother is, is gotten, you know, he's he's dealt with the negative. And I, I really wanted him to know how many people respect him. And and I don't always think he gets that as yes. much as one might think. So I want I hope you read the comments, man. Mm -hmm. I heard I hope you heard people's voices. We miss you. But thank you for doing this, man. Oh man, yeah, you know, yeah. You you an artisan is the reason I'm really still here. Okay. Uh with my channel, my my uh, channel's still up because uh I made a promise to support certain people. They said, why do you still have your channel? I said, I made a promise to support certain people, and I try to keep them if I can. As a man, I try to try to do that. I, you know, um, I don't want to leave a vacuum. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm going to be gone uh, three days, three weeks, three months, three years. I have no idea. You know, I'm I'm going to play it by ear. But um, uh, I always said there's plenty of people to actually pick up the mantle from where I where I do. So. I don't want to encourage that. So, but I, I made, made a promise to Artisan, and I made a promise to Doctor T that I'm going to be there to support you. So, I'm still here as far as that is concerned. Well, it's, it's much appreciated, and I hope people will go ahead and subscribe. You know, um, I don't, I don't know what my schedule is going to be. Uh, I, I don't think I'll be doing three hour kind of hangouts. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I will be doing more content, uh, live content soon. And uh, and I hope uh, to to hear some of these voices come back through. So, how'd you like your feedback? Since you know you weren't sure about, uh, you seem to actually take to it like a duck to water. Man, I I love these brothers, man. I've been listening to y'all off the, the office. I told BGS I'll get up at three in the morning and turn on the hangout just to hear voices. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I really I really I really dig y'all, and I, I I dig the community, and I hope uh, brothers come back through. Like a radio show. <laughs> <laughs> Security blanket. I'm like, okay, brothers are talking. This <laughs> better than Art Bell. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, you guys take it easy and thanks a lot for, for coming through, y'all. All right. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace. Peace brother. Are we all leaving? <laughs> yeah. He's oh, going. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>